Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Fanzine.live podcast. This is Rebel Yell. Finally, we are back. The Rebel Yell podcast has had a little rejig, a little rename, and it's just myself, Peter Vale, are going to be bringing you every month the updates from Worthing FC with from the Supporters Association. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Peter Vale, it's so good to see your lovely little face on the screen again. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm alright. I'm a bit concerned about your um, wrestling top there. Oh, my Bud Light wife beater. Yeah, I've just been watching too much AEW downstairs earlier. Kind of me and Chris Jericho going out to Woodside Road, the Woodside Rebellions. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a wife beater. He seems to think he's ever seen one before. It's a Bud Light inbred, like American hickey type of a, you know, wife beater type jumper. <laughs> yeah, but it's one of those where all the all the shoulders are on view and the chest is on view, and it's. Oh, mate, uh, I'm just showing you my like sexy body. That's all it is. You know, my muscles, my trim, dude. Well, I'll save it for you for Tuesday night, mate, when we're commentating on the FA Cup. But it's so good to be back. It's so weird to actually think we are back after this summer. We've done some amazing live specials, including Let Fans In, The Run. We've also done, uh, you know, In Your House. We've done Locked Out. It's amazing, like, how quick the summer... I, I was saying to my wife the other day, Pete, I can't believe that, you know, this all started, this lockdown in March, when, you know, when we saw that Shoreham versus Worthing United game, that first match that we were locked down, we weren't allowed to go to a Worthing game, and then all of a sudden it's, you know, 
midway through September. You know, we've just played the first game of the season with an enthralling 2-1 win over, which were probably our closest rivals last season, Folkestone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it, it was a long, a long summer for me. Um, because obviously, you know, I do, I do live a bit for Worthing, um, as quite a few of the fans know. But, you know, I, I attended 34 games in a row last season, uh, home, home and away, until, you know, every game until the season was finished. Sorry, the wife's pulling the blinds down. <laughs> Did she not know we were recording a BAFTA award winning uh, uh, podcast right now? <laughs> she just walked out of the room. I don't think she's impressed. Anyway, Pete, you, you live for? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I found you know the whole lockdown scenario, you know, re- really, really difficult personally. Uh, it, you know, it's just horrible not knowing what's going on when you're going to be able to get back to football or all the rest of it. Um, but I was back at back at work at the beginning of June, which was. A relief because it was you know something else to get my mind back on onto my business uh but yeah it's been such a you know a difficult difficult and long road um we are playing a an interview with adam later uh you know and he talks about you know having a pre pre-season uh they had the first game in the john oh, i can't remember the, the name of the trophy now um memorial cup um but that was uh, against Chichester at Salzy, I think it was the 5th of August. So we're now sort of midway through September and we literally just had our first league game. Um, and you will hear, you know, sort of Adam's frustrations with pre-season on the actual interview. Uh, but as regards yesterday, yeah, abs- absolutely fantastic. And it was nice to Rebel Yell, although, <laughs> it, you know, that's uh, our brand name. It was actually sort of mentioned in in their headline on the in the National League paper. This oh, morning. the non-league paper, yeah, the non-league uh, papers. When it said Rebels at Yale, so it was quite nice to see that, wasn't it? You know, um, yeah, yeah, okay. It's uh, not a direct thing, but it's going to get people talking. People know what Rebel Yale is now. You know, this is our first full season, Pete, which I'm so excited about. You know, we we started sort of the fanzine, obviously started end of last or beginning of sorry last season, whatever season that was, if it was a real season at all. We then had the um, the commentary started sort of was it late January early February and then the podcast started a couple of weeks after that and unfortunately we only ever managed to put out one podcast where we recorded it as we are now and the other ones have been a live special using the rebel yell dot live account and the rebel yell podcast and you know we've had a lot of fun it it has been a very weird, you know, off season. I mean, from both myself and you being Nottingham Forest yourself and Charlton myself, we, we've seen those teams come back. And unfortunately, Charlton did finally get relegated. That horrible player, I think his name's Toiler, Tyler, Taylor, something like that. He's, I think he's you know to, his name. I, no, I can't remember, to be honest. But he's obviously got off to a good start scoring nothing yet. But, you know, hey, dream move and all that up to Trent. But, you know, it, it was quite <laughs> frustrating to see because, obviously, was part of me originally thought with the PPG, if it had gone like that, Worthing would have been promoted, but Charlton would still have gone down to League One, which eventually did happen on the last day. But it just seems so unfair that we had these teams that, promote you know you could finish the league up to the conf, uh, up to the championship league one and two and downwards were all ppg and then you got to step three and it was curtailed and completely voided so you know that frustration which we've gone into so much over the 
the postseason, as I guess you call it now, the COVID postseason. I think we should talk. You know, I, I missed out. The reason I got into Worthing was that sort of beautiful type of football, making friends, going to see games. You know, being able to chat with the players, and it was all curtailed. You know, I was just lucky that I could see a few people through lockdown when I was working in the supermarket because we weren't breaking really any rules. But that was our sort of little catch up in Morrison's Worthing, wasn't it, Pete? Yeah, Over the Carling, darling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get my cases of Carlin, and your fifteen um, percent discount came in very handy. It's very it kind. Did, of yeah. I do miss that now, though. But uh, I have kept a few friends there that we can kind of use it occasionally. So you never know. Hit me up. Hit me up, Morrison's. <laughs> <laughs> but the um, yeah, the headline on the front of the National League paper um, this morning was worth the wait. W R C H in red for Worthing. Worth the wait, and he said Rebels yell. As football makes welcome return. And do you know so, what? Yeah. I've always complained that we never seem to have enough coverage in the non-league paper for what we did last season. And first game after the weekend, we're front page with uh, Ricky yeah. and Jasper on the front page cuddling after the goal. Cuddling, that sounds That's really it. wrong. Celebrating, I should say. Yeah, and then two, <laughs> two, two pages in the middle. Marvin is the marvel in the middle of the park. Marvin Armstrong yesterday was an absolute revelation. And if he maintains that form during the rest of the season, uh, yeah, he's going to really help Worthing's promotion push. And obviously from what I've heard on various chat groups and speaking to yourself, it seems to be like Marvin has finally come into himself. You know, he wasn't maybe a first choice starting person last season, but he started the game yesterday. And from what everyone was saying, he was absolutely out of this world. So fingers crossed he's now showing Adam Hinchelwood that he is the man that he should be picking every week. He's picked up his, he's got the right attitude for the season and Marvin could go on, you know, hopefully blast our way up to the top of the league again. Yeah, well, it seemed last season he sort of got 60 minutes and uh, he would be substituted. Um, so you was always like, because well, he, he doesn't stop running. He doesn't, you know, he's a tireless midfielder, uh, breaks up the play on attacks and you, you, you were just like, he got 60 minutes and you're like, well, is he just, is it, Adams took it off because he's ran out of steam. And then other times he came on as sort of the last 20, you know, 20 minutes as a sub. So, yeah, love to see him playing 90 minutes week in, week out for us, especially with that heart and desire he showed yesterday. Do you think we should get his grafter brand to be sponsoring the podcast? You know, get a few garms, me and Pete representing, you know, like those cool kids we are. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, maybe we should uh, we'll send him a recording of the podcast and you can see how much we've bigged him up. Yeah, come on, Maybe, yeah. Maybe you know you couldn't have two cooler models in me and Pete wearing your your garms. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not sure about you, mate. <laughs> I need a hat to cover my bald head. To be fair, mate, you know, it's still you've cut you shaved your hair off like me. At least yours has come back. Mine doesn't really. It's kind of looks a bit. Yeah, and I've ch- I've changed my style as well. Yeah, he's he's doing a little sort of flip to the side, trying to be cool down with the kids. Yeah. You know, yeah, midlife crisis kids, and all that. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we've um this silliness will continue throughout the season it is great you're, you're gonna see a few changes because obviously we didn't really have that much of a format because of the fact that the main podcast was curtailed so you're gonna see myself and pete who obviously won part of yeah rebel yell and then you've got hayden who's now taken over from the fanzine from sam as sam's gone on to be the program editor for the club so we're going to get these people dropping in hayden he's got commitments with university we're going to try and get him on as much as we can this season we'll see a more integrated uh podcast with the women's team it's fantastic we've actually finally been able to get Michelle and the team um, to incorporate themselves into the podcast it'll be a good promotion platform for them uh, they'll keep giving us updates on their, how their season is going I mean Pete, Pete was at the Stenning Cup game today and they won 8-1 was it today? 
8-1, yeah. And they won 10-0 in their first league game last week. So in two games, they scored 18 goals. Could this be another season like last? And they were absolutely dominant. So fingers crossed, because obviously for those that might not know, they were already promoted by the time the season was curtailed. And, you know, whereas Worthing men's team, you know, we were top of the league by six points, but there were still games to play. They had actually seven. secured promotion. Seven games to play. Seven points. Seven points. Pedantic Pete there. That's your new nickname. Hashtag Pedantic Pete. Um, it was one of those things that we literally, they've they've lost out massively as well because, you know, Michelle has come on board with Worthing and taken the women's team to a completely new level. So, Pete, you you were at the game. I think you enjoyed it by the sounds of it. Yeah, it was it was really good. And I've got um, an interview with Hannah Hewlett, the uh, women's captain after the game. I was hoping it was going to be Michelle, but she passed the book to Hannah. Um, so, we'll get you on yeah, one day, Michelle. Sorry? We'll get Michelle on one day. She can't escape. Yeah, all yeah. Well, we will, we will get her on. Um, and I've said, you know, we'll, we'll give them a slot every month. But the, yeah, it was a good game. It was 8-1 eight, eight, in the Vitality Trophy. Um, uh, some good goals, some good plays, some cracking corners. Uh, you're going to hear off Hannah in a bit. And also Angela was at the game today you're going to hear off about the ground improvements etc to give you all an update yes i think the basic thing is we're looking at the new structures here we're going to have women's we're going to have Stu evans who's uh, who's now the under 16s coach he's going to come and do a bit of youth talk also nathan bowen who's going to come and speak about that as well we've got Ange and barry who will come on and give updates to the club and you know what's going on and how we're going to get back pitch updates the covid return to woodside and you know we're going to have the women's team which i'm really excited to have involved um as well as having players we haven't unfortunately got one today because myself and pete have been really busy with work and you know we ideally would have liked to have recorded this before the start of the season but you know time and work and trying to fit it in has has sort of it's, it's come up really quickly pete haven't we because i think we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago and it's kind of completely escaped us and we got to this week and thought ah oh, we need to get a podcast out and i think we've been so lapsed in everything not actually working in the pre-season friendlies and it's been one of those oh well we better do it on sunday when we're both available and free because i'm jet setting the world again which is great to see and you know it's nice to be back in the job that i love and do and like pete's doing back to his old role and everything like that you know let's hope that covid doesn't curtail any more of our enjoyment well that would be the absolute worst thing that could possibly adam happen um the reason I said Adam there instead of happened was because we've also got an interview with Adam that I didn't, did Thursday evening before the first game of the season. So we sort of previewed the first game, which is obviously gone. Um, but there are some interesting comments from Adam about pre-season, etc. And, you know, the state of the, the players, the uh, in, update on the injuries, etc. So, yeah, um, yeah, so stay tuned and you're going to be listening to all that. So fascinating update. It's great to be back with you guys on Rebel Yell. And coming up, you know what's coming up on the show. So we will be joining Stu Evans very shortly. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. We've been joined once again by our podcast regular, Stuart Evans. Stu, it's really good to have you back on the podcast, the Rebel Yell podcast again. We've obviously got a slightly new look this season. Um, how's it How's it to be back? How, how, how's it going? Yeah, no, really good to be back, mate. Really, really good to be back. Um yeah, it's full. Uh, it's really full in, in intensity when we now we're back because we've got games coming out of our ears and um, yeah, everybody trying to s- squeeze in fixtures left, right, and centre. So yeah, but no, it's, it's great to be back. It really is. So I know, obviously, a new sort of 
tangent has taken for the club for you with a, a new job role. Do you want to tell the fans? I don't think everyone really knows about what's your new job role within the club. Yeah, like I needed another one. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> uh, talents. Many talents. yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, so uh, Hinch asked me whether I wanted to get involved with the under 16s this season. Um, so I'm doing some coaching and uh, assisting Julian Barnes, their manager on the sidelines uh, every Sunday morning uh, and Thursdays as it is at the moment. So yeah, absolutely loving it, uh, loving every second of it. And um, there's some really good, talented players in that 16 squad. Um, we're playing up a year this year, so we're playing in the 18s league, and and you can see the physical difference between the two. But um, in terms of quality, we're so far mm-hmm. anyway. We've only played three teams. Um, it's been immense. Yeah, we're we're far above far above the rest in terms of quality. So it's really good. I remember really, really good. Remember you- you said to me last week at um, Met Police away when we had a little pint after the game, I know you said that the talent in that under-16s team is phenomenal. Phenomenal? Yeah. Phenomenal. phenomenal. <laughs> Can't get a word out. <laughs> you all, um, yeah, no, it is. It's, it's really good. really. And, and the 18s saying that as well. The 18s, there's some really good youngsters coming through, which is always lovely to see. Um, and there'll be a few that have been involved in pre-season, uh, a few that will be involved from the 16s with the 18s and the 18s with the first team as the season hopefully progresses. So, yeah, really good. Yeah, I think we've seen we've seen it in the friendlies um, that some of the, the young lads have been involved in the friendlies pre-season. But the under-16s, um, I've been to two of the games. I was there today, Stu. I didn't get a chance to talk to you, but I was there this morning. Uh, so, you've had two, two wins and a draw. Yeah, incredible, really. I mean, it's um, I, I kind of I didn't know what to expect with the 16s because obviously it's my first real kind of um, step into to coaching. Um, I felt that maybe stepping up a league into the 18s, it may, they may struggle, uh, but no, they've proven me completely wrong. They've um, tasked themselves really well when they go out there. They're they're competitive. Uh, they don't get intimidated too much. Um, they, they go one nil down, their heads are back up, they keep going. Um, we went down to 10 men against um, uh, Arundel first game of the season and responded really well and, and ended up becoming uh, being 2-1 winners and probably should have been 3 or 4-1. So, yeah, the boys, have it's, it's incredible for what they're doing, really. Um, some really talented youngsters there, so just got to keep on doing what they're doing. Yeah, I was at the Arundel game and I'd done a, I'd done a commentary on that one and um, I'd done a Chris Kamara and I actually missed the sending off. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of our lads decided that he um, wanted to swear one too many times, uh, and I think that's what you you get at this at this level, especially with sixteen year old lads, where um, obviously their passion and their kind of eagerness to impress it sometimes can go a step too far. Um, and obviously, a few of them know better than than everybody else because they're sixteen year old lads. Um, I know what I was like, so um, it's interesting trying to get used to their characters, trying to get used to who you can put your hand a shoulder around, who you can arm around the shoulder, should I say, who you can give a good seeing to in terms of talking and 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 having a real kind of go at them, uh, and and who you just kind of just need to let them get on with the game and, and, and do their own thing. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a massive learning curve for me. I'm, I'm loving every second of it. I'm, I'm going to get involved with the Dev Centre this year as well. Um, I've done a couple of sessions with the, the 14s, 15s, 16s last Tuesday. Unfortunately, it won't be this week because we're, um, we're playing Tuesday, obviously the first team playing Tuesday, and then we've got a game of 16s on Thursday. But as much, I'll step in and, and do as much as I can because I'm, I'm loving every second of it. So. 
I guess it's uh, it must be a, it's got to be a massive step up from obviously the first team, the men's team, to go into the under 16s because you know you've been involved in the club quite a few years now. You think maybe in two or three years, some of these players you're coaching now and trying to train into these modern day footballers are going to be in that first team and you're going to see that step up. I mean, we've seen last season and the season before, for example, people like Jasper and you got Ty this season, it seems to be sort of on the fringes of the first team. And he was last team as uh, last season as well. So that must be, is it a completely different level, would you say, in terms of like how you've got to sort of talk to these players, how you've got to coach them, how you've got to train them compared to what you'd be like in the first team? Yeah, it's funny. I was having the same conversation earlier. I think for me, what I've got to kind of get my head around is that OK, I'm seeing the first team on a Saturday and I'm seeing how they're doing things and how they're doing things correctly. But the 16s, whilst we can coach them, that they're, they're not quite at that level yet. And I think I've got to kind of get my head around when they try to do the right thing and they don't quite do it. And I have a go at them. Maybe that's not the best approach. Um, but they, we try to, to try to play the same way from all the way through the years. So and the 16s will be playing the ball out from the back, creating spaces behind, getting them to press. So we've got the overload moving forward um, and sometimes it's not going to work and sometimes they're going to make a mistake mm-hmm. and, and to be honest with you um, that's fine um, it's if they get playing the right way and they're doing things for the right reasons then I can't have any complaints and I've had a couple of times that I let myself down where I've had a go at a couple of players and in reality they were trying to do the right thing um, and we had we were up against a really aggressive team today in um in Washington and and they're going to have to get used to that themselves in terms of the physicality of the league above. Um, so, yeah, there is, whilst there is a difference, we are still trying to get them playing the right way. Um, so that when it gets, when they get out to the 18s and when they get out to the, the first team, they're used to it and the transition should be easy for them. Um, what was the final the score today? We drew to two all today. Sure. Yeah, it was, a, it was unfortunate, really. I think it was a bit of a mistake at the back, wasn't it, really, that led to their equaliser. Yeah. Yeah, our centre half kind of sold our goalkeeper short, really, with a, a pass along the six yard box, and it kind of left him a bit in two minds as to whether to clear the ball or whether to keep on passing it around the back. And unfortunately, the striker nipped in and, and tackled him and then scored. So um, but that's fine. I mean, it's 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 not ideal uh, in any way, shape, or form. I mean, in reality, the goalkeeper should have no any doubt in his mind just to get the ball clear with 10 minutes to go with 2 1 up. So. But the, the youngsters, the 16-year-old lads, and and I can't fault their effort in, in going up to the 18s league, and they've they've been fast. Now, one of yeah. the interesting things would be would be are there any players that you think might push towards the fringe of the first team this season, or are they a little bit too young? No, I think they're too young. If I'm honest, um, there's definitely a talent pool in the 18s that will be pushing the first team mm-hmm. this season. Um, uh, Joe Rye, for example, is a good good kind of again, example in yeah. terms of youngster yeah. we usually get one or two every pre-season that kind of kind of steps in Jasper was one a couple of years back Finn Stevens uh from last season Joe Rye probably was the one from this season pre-season that impressed me the most um but in, in regards to the 16s now our, our job is is obviously if we can win the title with the 16s league the uh, 18s league where the 16s are playing then, then fantastic but our job is really to get the the guys ready, the 16s ready for the 18s for next season, uh, and to get one or two in amongst the the the, um, the 18s this season, uh, and they're ready for next season with the mm-hmm. 18s. If any of that made sense. Um, I mean, it, it, I'd love Hinch to be able to, if, if we've got a, a League Cup game, if there is a League Cup this year, to 
bring along one or the two of the, the top players in the 16s just to experience a match day yeah. um, with the first team. And I think we'll probably do that. But no, I think you're at the moment, it's a step too far for me. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. And um, what I was going to say is one name that hasn't been mentioned is uh, Tom Chalet. <laughs> Big Tom, yeah, he's, I've got a little goal bonus with him this year, £20 a goal. So I, I didn't learn my lesson last season with Joel with 50. So in fact, as the season done in void, I think Joel actually owes me money now. But um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Tom's a, Tom's a good lad. He's got a sensible head on his shoulder. So um, How does your goal bonus work? Is it if he doesn't score, he owes you 20? And then if he does score, you owe him 20? Is that what it is? Uh, he's, just, he's just on a £20 a goal bonus. We, had, we agreed it on the bench on Saturday. Um, so. That. It doesn't make any difference. It's just a bit of fun between me and and, and Tom, really. It's, it shouldn't make any difference as to how hard he tries or anything on those lines. Um, mm. Yeah, I do want the lad. season. To... Yeah, he's a really good lad. He's a good lad. Yeah. So going on to um, going on to the first team, uh, mm-hmm. obviously we had the result at Folkestone yesterday, which was absolutely excellent. Marvin was yeah. magnificent. Uh, must mention Tom Tom Chalet managed to pick up a booking really early on when he came on the pitch. I didn't quite get it, what it was for uh, because I where I was trying to commentate from, we had a tree in front of us. He was, was <laughs> I think he was trying to delay the goal kick. I think from memory. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so obviously I I, dr- I drove this sort of management up there and a couple of players, and obviously spirits were good on the way back. Pete, um, can I just say, why the hell did you choose a green bus? Of all bus colours, you could have done it. a I green I, bus. I didn't choose it. I was just... To, we got to Clack Lane, and I said to Adam, I said, I hope I hope the Bogner's, Bogner coaches aren't here, because I knew they were on their way to Stortford. <laughs> so, yeah, that would have been a nightmare, wouldn't it, if there were Bogner's in that green bus? <laughs> Sorry to Not know. ideal. Not ideal. So, anyway, Stu... Um, yeah, uh, great, great performance yesterday. Uh, Adam was obviously delighted on the way back uh, from what was being said. Uh, what, did, what did you make of the performance? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, the boys do really, really well. Um, I mean, it it just shows what a difference uh, it makes having a good, strong starting eleven out there, um, which we haven't really had over preseason. I think we've as a coming back in was he was phenomenal. He was. Um, had also back in there. Oh, just a different gravy. Um, uh, having Parso back in there um, uh, give you, gave you that bit of energy and kind of made the rest of the boys realise that they need to work harder. When you see him running down the ring, full pelt, and then running all the way back again, that the boys need they realise they need to step up and do exactly the same. So he kind of leads by example. So it was nice having a good, strong lineup out there. Danny Barker coming back. So I think, yeah, that made a massive difference. I was slightly nervous going into yesterday. I wasn't at training on Thursday because I was with the 16s away at Selsey and I was texting. Uh, I wasn't texting. I was using my phone safely via Bluetooth connection on the way back from Stelzy talking to uh, Nathan to say I was I was training and who who trained and who didn't train and um, obviously Dejan coming back as well. Yeah, it sounded like we had a good squad. Good squad. Really Looks like it, he's so. got a new hairstyle as well. What's it, what, what was that about? Why has he shaved all his hair? He's, he has. A, he's such a strange bloke. Who Dejan? Yeah. yeah, he hasn't shaved his head. He hasn't. What, uh, what was that thing on Instagram? Picture, an old picture. Oh, I get you. Okay, so he's just he's just being an, he's just being a grammar. He's doing it for the he's doing it for the gram. Um, <laughs> Stu, so obviously new season, a few new players coming in. What what's the changing room like at the moment? What what give us fans that little behind the scenes, even Goss or you know what what's going on? Like what how's the feel around the changing room? Do we think? I'm sure they do. We all feel. Can we do it again this season? Oh, gotcha. I mean, that's the that's the uh, aim. Always just to to be where we were last season, but obviously it's going to be that bit difficult this year because 
um, uh, we've got, we've we obviously people are going to get used to how we're playing. Um, they're going to know where to where to push us. Um, uh, they're going to know how to wire us up. And obviously we're our playing styles kind of old news from from last season, if that makes sense. So it's going to be a bit. Uh, it's going to be a more of a struggle this year. But no, there's not one person in in that squad, coaching staff, um, management staff, whatever you want to call them, that thinks that we can't do it. It's it's 100. Our aim is to get promoted. Um, I just hope the season allows us to to do that and. COVID doesn't take another another victim. Um, but in terms of the change room, it's it's fine. I mean, it's been a bit difficult over pre-season because, like I was saying to you before we came on on air, the the when you take leaders and characters out of the dressing room, you're then looking for other people to step up. And when we've had Buddy missing and we've had Aaron missing or Parso missing, and you take the three most experienced players out of the team and the ones that drive everybody, the one that says, right, get that music on, you know what I mean? That type of stuff and take them out and it's 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 a different dressing room altogether. But it's in good spirits, don't get me wrong, but you haven't got that kind of the same type of atmosphere really. Um so you're looking for other players to step up and hopefully they'll they'll Is do that. Is anyone stepping up right now? Um uh, yeah, yes and no. Um personally it's just my opinion that there's been a couple of times over pre-season that the changing room's been a bit quiet but we've had a lot of trialists in we've had a lot of youngsters in so everybody's still a bit nervous um but i have no doubt the likes of danny barker ricky jesse do you know what i mean the ones that have still have been around the club for a good 100 150 games um ollie pierce who's been around and played 200 games at, at league level uh, within this area um they will they'll help us get through that i'm sure but the inconsistency of not having a, a good start, well, it's not saying a good start at 11, but having a, a strong first start at 11 out in pre-season's kind of been the difference between having a good change room and not really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, sort of, as I'm saying in, in the interview I've done with him on Thursday evening, is that, you know, uh, it's been a disjointed pre-pre-season, really, more than anything. Um, and the other thing I was going to say was I noticed yesterday on, on the pitch is with players like Aaron Racine and, Alex Parsons, uh, when they communicate with the other players, uh, they're not shouting at them. They're, ju- they're just sort of guiding them. And you mm-hmm. see other teams with players, they're absolutely ranting at, you know, if somebody makes a mistake or doesn't do what they were expected to do. But, you know, players like Parsons, Racine, Buddy, they would just have a quiet word with the other player and just guide them through the game. Yeah, that's so important, being... I mean, how much experience those three players have got is just in, is incredible. So rather than shouting at the, going back to how I was coaching earlier, rather than shouting at the players, guiding them through the games, is just is just incredible. But what we've got is we've got a, a good change room with good people. Rather than in the past, I've seen there being, I mean, I'm talking way before Aaron even turned up. We've seen the odd kind of um, Aaron um, Adam Hinch would even turned up. I've seen the odd kind of bad character the odd person in the changing with the single people out and really go for them and we just haven't got that we haven't got that in that change room. we've got good people who want to to kind of help and guide the rest of their team through the, through the game and 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 the rest of the season so that was a really nice really nice change room to be part of it's not changed too much i can see on on saturday's not changed too much from from last season at all except from bobby uh, buddy chirping up every 30 seconds, which, as Darren Bud does, <laughs> but except from that, it was it was all yeah. He he didn't play yesterday, so I couldn't get the uh, I didn't get the bingo card full. With how long is it going to take him to have an argument with the ref? <laughs> yeah, literally about 30 seconds using it. He'll be back. I think he's back in training Tuesday, I believe. I think he was away. I think he had a holiday booked last week, which actually was quite well timed because he picked up an injury in training. 
couple of weeks back. So uh, he was going to be out for a couple of weeks anyway. So he'll be back in training, not Tuesday, actually, we've got East Greenstone, but uh, on Thursday. So maybe in contention the following week, I guess. Excellent. So a bit of an R&R for him. Um, what I was going to ask you is, uh, yeah, uh, marvellous Marvin yesterday. Uh, <laughs> absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I don't know where that performance come from. It was, in, it was incredible, really. It surprised a lot of people. Um, no, he's Marvin's a top lad. He's he's a really nice guy, and he's been doing some bits with Hinch on a one-to-one basis, turning up for training early during pre-season to to get some additional coaching. And clearly, he's reaping the the rewards of Hinch's awesome coaching skills. He's um he's mm-hmm. he was just awesome yesterday. Yeah, he's a uh, his energy levels, I mean, the way he ran down the, the wing, took it past four or five people to, to get it all into the box for, um, let's call the first goal, uh, for... Um, Ricky. First, Ricky. Ricky, thank you. Jesus, my mind went there. Uh, for Ricky That's to right. score the first goal. So, um, yeah, he's, he's a good lad. I just hope he pushes on now. I hope he, he's, he's consistency with Marv. You will have one really good performance and then have a shock of the next. And he's a bit of a loose cannon. You just... you. He runs around the pitch a bit aimlessly sometimes, but um, he didn't on Saturday. He was he was class. Yeah. Really, really good. I've always I've always said he re- he reminds me a bit of Colton Palmer. He doesn't quite know what his legs are going to do. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I mean it's I'm too I'm too young to remember Colton Palmer. Pete. Um, oh, okay. I remember. know he was. <laughs> when was that, Pete? In the sixties or something, wasn't it? No, no, no. Oh, well, when you were in like he, mid twenties in the sixties, yeah. Colton Palmer did actually pick up an England cap, which was absolutely shocking, to be honest. <laughs> I guess I, I guess going what one thing I was gonna say, I mean, obviously one one of the big stories of pre season, um, from a Worthing point of view, n- affecting a club in some way was the fact that Finn Stevens was signed by Brentford. I mean, how amazing is that? I mean, one season he spent you know, he he played well so well last season for us. And he's in half Brentford season. Half not yeah, exactly half a season and he's already been snapped up by a team that would borderline about to go to Premier League. And by the way, I can't stand Brentford anymore because if they'd beaten that Blimmin' team, Charlton wouldn't have been relegated. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a shocker, that one. Um, Finn's one of the nicest young lads I've ever had the privilege of meeting, if I'm being brutally yeah. honest with you. Um, well yeah. brought up, really steady um, family life, which is so important at that age. Um, when it comes to kind of keeping your head on the ground in, in the football world, he obviously let go from, from Arsenal. Um And again, came into, came into pre-season last season with no one really thinking... He would go as far as he did with with the first team, and and he was just by for me one of our best players last season. And I've kept yeah. in contact with him since he's he's gone to Brentford. And he's loving life there, and but that he he won't be the last. I mean, that's what's so marvellous about this football club, to be quite honest with you. That it, we've we've got youngsters like that that are, and there'll be some in the 18s. I'm no doubt there'll be a few in the 16s that will that will go on to have good careers in, in football. Um, and it also goes to show that we've uh, well, it's testament to to Hinch's um. Uh, football ethos, coaching skills, whatever you want to call it, that he wants to give these youngsters a go um, and give them a try. Ricky, Jasper, um, Tom Chalet, um, just to name Joel Colbram, and they plucked from the wilderness of lower league football in terms of county football or coming through the youngster, uh, through the um, academies or whatever it may be, and, and they've gone on to make 200 150, 200 caps at this level and, and will go on to bigger and better things, I'm sure. So that's I mean, what we all like. That's what we're yeah. all about. So. I think what it is is like obviously, I'm, we, I, I'm, I get so good with Jasper. It's so good that he's become part of Rebel Year and he's done things with us pre-season. You know, uh, he's a top top lad, and you know, 
when I witnessed him against Met Police last weekend, that goal he scored was an absolute worldie. And it's almost like he'd, his pre-season, he'd, he'd been warming up and he, he performed brilliantly last week at Met Police. And I do think if he carries on like that this season, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if people like Brentford are knocking on our door for people like Jasper because he he's definitely if he doesn't play professional football in his lifetime I'll be surprised yeah he's a, he's a good lad I mean Jasper had a really good pre-season last season from memory he scored some absolute worldies um, I remember one over at Selsey actually I think he might even scored two at Selsey and it was just um, yeah had a great season and he started the season really slowly uh, I'm, I'm sure he won't mind me, mind me saying it and and I'm just and he's had an okay seat pre-season this season we probably haven't had a good pre-season as a club so that can't right. be wrong with me to think about Jasper but I just hope he pushes on he's he's such a nice lad he's polite um he appreciates what the club are doing for him um again he's got good parents behind him um, which again is so important um so I just hope yeah, I just hope he pushes on and doesn't get caught up in the life of an 18 year old which is drink and going out every, every weekend and just really just look after himself but I mean, I don't think he would be that. Like, he doesn't come across as the type of guy that does that. But I mean, from yesterday, even putting our little WhatsApp group, you know, how much he loves this club. You know, he no, was doing the time that. In that, by the way. <laughs> you what, sorry? No, it's the time he messaged in that group, by the way. It was, I say it's five o'clock in Toronto when he did that, mate, when I was there. So that's fine. No time. <laughs> five o'clock. <laughs> but saying that, though, you, we know what he's like. In, in all joking aside, he, he, he's got his head screwed on. You know, when he's interviewed, when he speaks, he, he, he speaks so well. You know, he's got to let his hair down from time to time. He's, he seems to have a nice girlfriend along his side who supports him. And, you know, it, it, it's brilliant. It's brilliant to see. And, you know, I, I really genuinely think he, he, he absolutely loves the club. And, you know, whether he's here for a few more years, which I obviously personally would love, but I would be surprised if he carries on like he did last season, this season, you know, I'd be, I'd be, it's not just him, there's a few players in that squad I wouldn't be surprised that we don't have next year, which obviously for the Worthing club isn't great, but for their own careers, you know, you couldn't be more proud for them. Yeah, and it, what it does, it just gives a, um, a good name for Worthing in terms of bringing youngsters through and it, and it spreads the kind of word that Worthing are willing to do that. So we'll have agents coming to us with youngsters. We have youngsters dropping out of Brighton that really like, that have seen the likes of Finn move on to better and bigger and better things want to come and play for us. So it's only a good thing for the football, for the football club and the town as a whole. Um, hopefully one of them is tied into a contract and then it's brought up for us for a few quid. That will help. Um, but yeah. Um, no, it's all good. It's all good. That'd be nice, yeah. Get a bit of compensation for them. Because, uh, again, we, we provide the pathway, as they say. Yeah, exactly. And it would be nice if some of these clubs that actually likes of Brentford and and other clubs that players have gone up to in the past actually appreciate that and help us out or help lower league clubs out as well, rather than it just going one way. Um, spread the love a bit. And, and even if it's a Brentford come down for a pre-season game, which maybe was in the offing if it wasn't for COVID or something on those lines, then well, that'd be great. Be awesome. Um, how are the uh, new new signings settling? Obviously, we had uh, four announced yesterday. Um, how are they getting on? Yeah, so who have you got? We've got um, uh, Leon, Leon, Sam, and Mo. So who's on Shaq? Yeah. So um, sorry, it's been a long day today. I'm trying to lose my memory cells. Um, yeah, I don't really, if I'm honest with you, they've done really well over pre-season. Sam and Leon only have come in recently, so I haven't really seen much of them, to be quite honest with you. Um, both floating around lower league, I believe, trying to get a club and haven't been successful, but they look they look good. Um, 
Mo Diallo um, has been with us all pre-season and, and has had glimpses of a, a, a good striker in there. Um, so it's about getting him some minutes. Um, I, I don't know whatever what the future will hold for him. In terms of Shaq, uh, he's such a lovely lad, um, really polite, um, always comes up and says hello, is anything I can do to help you? Like, really, really top lad. And, and yeah, I hope he uh, kicks on. But if I'm being brutally honest, I don't know much about him. Um, and... Um, yeah, a few of them are coming quite late, so I haven't really seen much game time of them. But they look, they look and sound like. And who am I to judge? Um, doubt Hinch's uh, Hinch's um, eye when it comes to looking at players. So I'm sure they'll be absolutely fine. Is that the last yeah. of the signings? I'll imagine so, mate. Yeah, I'll imagine so. I can't, I, unless something happens now. We've we're just in the process of sorting out the squad numbers for next season, uh, for this season. A um, bit late, um, but we we're all just waiting on a couple of decisions from players and also uh, these transfers to come in, the signings to come in. So I think we're there or thereabouts, which means there won't be anybody else. But who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, Shaq Grengu um, <clears throat> did impress the, you know, the away boys yesterday with his movements, his runs. He, he, had a, he did have a good opportunity to get off the mark. Um, but yeah, he looks um, like, a, you know, yeah. a quality signing. He does look good. I think just a bit rash and a bit raw, and he really, being a youngster, he's just trying to take shots off where maybe there was an extra pass in there, or he's maybe doing it too eager to be impressed. But that's just me, my my thought on it. I think he's, yeah, as I say, um, I'm sure Hinch sees something in him, and I know he does. And in pre in um, training over the last couple of weeks, he's looked decent. So and he scored against Met Police, and then that was a decent finish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking decent. about Met Police, I did notice there was um, a French-speaking agent sitting quite close to uh, me and Peter's. What we see, I, I, I'm not. I might be wrong. Did any of the French-speaking guys who were on trial with us sign with the club? Um, uh, not so much sign. I think Mo was with him. I think he brought Mo, maybe or maybe Mo not. Diallo, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, maybe not. Actually, thinking about that, um, he uh, no, I don't think there will be with the first team. Whether we sign them up and loan them out and get them some minutes at a county league side um it's down to them and uh, and hinch i guess but no i can't see them playing in the first it was team. quite interesting though because me and pete were noticing was was hinch the manager or was this uh french speaking agent the manager because he only seemed to ever be listening to this guy sitting next to us who's shouting commands and things in french to him and you think hang on a second who is the manager here yeah it's, it's um hinch is inundated with uh with agents messaging him over pre over the uh, preseason. I mean, you've you've seen the amount of players that we've had. I think we've used thirty odd players over preseason. So yeah. uh, you're just looking you're just looking for that kind of that play, one player that no one else has picked up on, and and you, that comes in on trial and just shines. And it just hasn't been quite like that over preseason really. Um, this season, I haven't really can't really remember a season where we picked anybody else from tr- up and trialed over the last five or six years I've been here, but I might be wrong. Um, Usually, if you're that good, you're, you've already been signed to a club. But, um, yeah, I'm sure Shaq and the rest will be fine. I'm sure they will. Did you hear the Mo Diallo minibus story, Stuart? <laughs> no, no, I haven't. Well, basically, Mo Diallo lives in Brighton. Um, uh, yes, I remember now. So he went to Worthing rather than to get off at Brighton. Yeah. Uh, because he he put a black lion, which is where I, I had to pick Nathan up yesterday in the minibus. Yeah. But Nathan um, Mo found three black lions, and he didn't know which one. So he drove over to Worthing. I didn't realise he drove, to be honest. Um, and then obviously jumps on the minibus. Then we go to Brighton to pick Nathan up, and then head head to Folkestone. 
And on the way back, we went back to Brighton. I said to Mo, I said, well, maybe you should probably jump out of here. And he said, no, trouble is my car's in, my car's in Worthing. Jesus, brain dead. <laughs> and they are brain dead. If they had a brain cell, they'd be decent, wouldn't they? Huh? Jesus Christ. <laughs> God, we, we won't quote you on that. <laughs> oh, the quote on the change, the new, new quote on the changing room wall from Stu right there. If they had a brain cell, it might be half decent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's quite really. It, it, it's like Adam always says, you know, uh, the thing with playing football is you've got to have a good brain. That's the key. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where that falls into play with our boys, but yeah, I'm sure they're, they're, they're. <laughs> So cruel, Stuart. So cruel. <laughs> well, Stuart, it's been uh, great to have you back on the podcast again. Uh, we, we've kept you on this lovely Sunday evening when we're recording. Um, I can't. I don't shower all day since the 16th this morning. Yeah, I was going to say, if the webcam had smell vision we'd be a bit sort of uh, a bit screwed, wouldn't we? <laughs> we've, I've literally been down the club myself and we've had six games in four days um, that I've needed to pack kit for, wash kit, and we pack it again. So um, I need to, to go and have a shower before uh, I start to grow things in places that they shouldn't <laughs> be growing. Stu, we are privileged <laughs> to have someone like you in the club, and you know, it does, you know, everyone, everyone respects what you do, and you know, so it's, we, we're honoured to call you part of Worthing. So thank you, keep it up. We look forward to seeing you again in the season. Hopefully, we'll get you on again soon for sort of you know a regular yeah. under 16s update. Keep the hard work going, boys, and as I say, hopefully the uh, hopefully the COVID doesn't take take hold. I'm I'm really worried about it. I've, I've got a funny feeling it's going to start think- disrupting. Yeah, I think that's one thing we haven't actually asked you about because I I did speak to Adam obviously on the journey home yesterday and I said to him, What do you think this season's gonna be like? And he said, It's probably gonna be stop start. Mm. Yeah, I have no doubt it's gonna be stop start to be conscious. You may have a two week break and then go again. I just um yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm a bit nervous about it to be quite I think honest. it'll be I'm more localised to be fair because I can't see us having a national lockdown. I think it'll be more localised. I mean you look the the R rate in Worthing was quite big last week and it's dropped dramatically over the past week so you know it's what me and Pete have kept saying we've said it on Live. we've said it on the tweets and everything like that please if you're going to a football game just observe social distancing it is very hard we spoke with Ange about it just it's hard not to celebrate a goal but just remember there are people watching and just show a bit of that self-resistance because I, I would just hate for a goal celebration to ruin the chance of uh, actually watching what you love I think the thing's consistency, mate. And the thing that frustrates me the most is it's not consistent throughout the a the leagues, the grounds that we've gone to over pre-season. Yeah. There's been different rules every single one. Some of them we haven't even had to do anything. Um, yeah, uh, we've all got to play up, all got to play our part. Um, but it just uh, it just gets a bit frustrating when you the consistency is just it's just not there, and and there should be one rule for everybody, and then everybody sticks to that. Um, but hopefully we're talking about it and nothing happens and. Um, We'll go out to have a strong season, mate. Yeah, season. Well, Stuart Evans, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks, and uh, I can't wait to see you soon, mate. Cheers, mate. And you take care of yourselves. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. It's always such a pleasure to have Stuart Evans on. I mean, he's been a massive help and a massive asset to the Rebel Yell podcast over the summer when we've done our live broadcast. It's so nice to see him getting involved in the club in the under-16. So, you know, you're an asset, Stu. Never forget that. And, uh, you know, carry on. We, we, we Massive everyone at the club is so grateful for you. But great to hear a little insight. I love hearing his dressing room stories and everything, don't you, Pete? Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, he is an asset to the club. He's been there a few seasons now and he, 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 he grafts his butt off for the club even with his uh you know his his job and everything else mm. so it really is a credit 
And even off air, he doesn't even have time for a girlfriend. He told us that's what he was saying. So, you know, Stu, there's always time for a lovely lady in your life. But, you know, just look after yourself. Keep keep going. We, we, we love seeing you. And, you know, I can't wait to catch up with you soon. So I'm pleased to say we've got Angela Tanner, who's the Secretary of the Worthing FC Supporters Association and also the Strategic Planner. Was it Angela's uh, from the from the work? You've literally just said that to me and I've just forgotten already. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> useless baby brain. Well, I'm jet lagged, I'll say. Use it as a jet lag excuse. But, Ange, thank you for coming on so last minute to uh, update us on the club. And I think that's really what we got you on here for to see what is going along since the crowdfunder this earlier this summer was all raised and the works have been getting done and mm-hmm. just give us a little update i think we're all excited to know we can't get back to woodside for a couple of months so give us a virtual update okay well i'll, I'll try and paint a word picture for you of uh, of what's been um what's been going on uh, at the club so uh as we know we we were successful in getting a a very large grant from the um football stadium improvement fund and this was really at uh, the beginning of the year of course, we were all thinking we are we are going to get promoted. So that's where we were thinking. And if we had gone up, then we would have needed to have um, both of floodlights uh, up to a certain standard, but also we would have needed to be able to segregate the um, the the ground uh, for certain matches. So if you're advised to segregate the ground, you have to be able to do it at that level. So this is where we were kind of driving towards, and also from the point of view doing improvements to uh, to improve the um, supporters' experience, actually, uh, uh, obviously at, at our matches. So that was all what was going on behind that. So we got the grant, which was really exciting. And then we had to match the grant with um, additional funding. And that's where the crowdfunding came in, which was brilliant. And I think we were all astonished and delighted about, you know, how everybody got behind that. And uh, so over the summer, despite the whole COVID business and difficulties of getting contractors and materials and all the other bits and pieces. Uh, the works are on track. They are ready to be um, be completed probably in about the next couple of weeks. But uh, we have to say uh, say a big thank you to, um, to Jim Higson and uh, Jason Price uh, for the work that they have done uh, on keeping this all together and keeping it on track because they have been absolutely brilliant down there. So what have they been up to? Well, we... Um, we have got the uh, new access, which is not a new access, it's um, an access which has always been there on the northeast corner. And for folk who have been with Worthing for a very long time, they might even remember it having been used in the 80s. Now, obviously, that is a bit of a while ago. Some of us are more likely to remember than others. But um, there is. Yeah, an I wasn't access. a twinkle in my dad's eye then, oh, I don't think so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> were, you, were, you, uh, were you a twinkle in your dad's eye by that point? Oh, he was—he oh, was already in his middle ages back then, wasn't he? I thought. <laughs> no, I was still—I was still a small boy. Still a school boy. Still a school. In shorts. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a very nice image. With his knobbly knees out. <laughs> right. So anyway, moving swiftly on, <laughs> uh, there is uh, an access which comes off Woodside Road and it runs up the north side of the ground, and comes out at the northeast corner, which I'm sure regular. Uh, people who regularly attend the ground will remember us having a, a sort of derelict toilet block and a bit of a red shack there, which sometimes open to do um, to do beer and, and other bits and pieces. Well, that is all gone. We have and, now have, and there was an, there was an old turnstile there as well, which I discovered. Quite so. There was an old turnstile mm. there. I can now tell you there is a new turnstile going in there, yes. which um, is really super duper. There was going to be two turnstiles. And so we'll have an access which runs up 
the the north side of the ground and it's sort of between two fences so uh, so we'll be able to queue up through there then there will be yes, two it's basically on the corner of Balkington Avenue and Woodside Road isn't it yeah just a little way down from that on Woodside Road yeah so so we we access there and you'll come out to two turnstiles and then having got through the uh, the turnstiles uh, it will all be level access from there. So I'm sure, once again, if you go to Woodside a, a fair bit, you will recall in that corner, there were all sorts of different levels, so steps and corners and all sorts of things. Well, that's all been uh, blasted out and there will now be level access. So if you use a wheelchair or you've got a buggy, you know, baby buggy or whatever, then you will be able to come straight in there. There's going to be ramps and, and whatnot. And you'll be able to go all the way along the side of the north uh, side of the stand all at level access, which, of course, from uh, George's point of view is uh, is really great because you might know George um, normally uh, as our owner normally situates himself behind the dugouts and on the north stand. And he will have this flat access route instead of having to go over the pitch, which is pretty good. Could I ask, is it if they got rid of all of the steps then in general? Are there no steps behind the stand now? Is it one level or is there a couple of levels, but just one's completely flat access? No, the um, the flat access effectively brings you in on the second step up. So the steps are still there, so you can stand there on the, on the stands. Okay. But there's this flat access now, whereas before you wouldn't have been able to get around the corner. Um, to uh, so you, you come uh, behind the the goal and go straight on towards the northeast corner. At that point, you wouldn't be able to carry on because of the steps and such like. Now you can come in through the northeast corner and have flat access along the the north stand. So um, so that uh, that will hopefully be good. And then in that corner, the the shack has gone, and what we have is a um, a great refreshment um, unit which will be selling uh, beer and uh, food and such like and also a full set of toilets so men's women's and accessible so those uh, those toilets will be there as um, as well so that means that the on, on that point angela so i yep. should interrupt uh, on that point is it is it going is that a, going to be a bar bar where you can go in and buy beer or is it just a sort of a bottle bar like you know a food and refreshment kiosk where you just buy your your drink and take it away it will be a bar with a cellar you won't actually be able to go into it it'll be um selling out of a shutter out, out of the front but it has got a cellar with it so you'll um you'll be able to get um get a you know, full range of beers from there carling darling for pete <laughs> i'll see what i can do i'll obviously ask the um uh, asker ambo and, uh, and george see what we can do for pete that would be nice wouldn't it? but um so so the uh the refreshment um, area would should be well obviously be a big improvement and as um as I regularly stand on the north stand that long trek round to the current refreshment unit uh, where you think shall I or shan't I and you think mm, it's raining don't fancy it now of course you just be able to shoot to the um the the corner there get your stuff and then get back under the under co- what cover there is so, uh, yes. so, so so on that point again Angela will it be a case of there will be two food outlets and not just the one. That is correct, yes. So we'll have the um, refreshment unit where it is at the moment, which is by the um, by the east stand um, and by the outside bar where it is at the moment. So that will be doing all the burgers and, and such like uh, as we have at the moment. And then there will be a separate uh, refreshment unit in the northeast corner that will also be doing food and beer and uh, you know, a good range of, of refreshments there. And the reason behind that is because we would have had to have seg- um, had the ability to segregate. So we were looking at, could we segregate 
the two sides of the of the ground. And this, of course, now is rather useful to us because as we uh, are looking at COVID controls uh, at um, at Woodside, it means that we can split the ground into two halves. And you might have noticed that Lewis have done this for their um, for their match where it's pies or fries, as the case may be. Such, so such an odd, odd, typical Lewis thing, is <laughs> pies or fries. One vegan side or one non-vegan side, basically. <laughs> well, then uh, something that I should like to put to a challenge to yourself and your listeners is Lewis have gone for pies and fries. Now, we're going to have, at the moment, we effectively have the north um, side of the uh, of the ground and the south side of the ground on the on the north side which will divide by um by fencing on the north side you have the new refreshment unit with toilets and uh, and such like and the north stand then on the south side which will have a slightly greater capacity you have um you'll have the uh, behind the goals area so the away boys i suspect are going to be in the south side of things so you have the um behind the goals and you also have the uh, seated grandstand. You have the inside bar, outside bar and refreshment unit. So we're, we are going to look to split the two sides. And that, of course, means that uh, if we should have a COVID incident at um, for track and trace at Woodside, then it means that only half of the people who have been attending will be obliged to self-isolate, which is why I suspect Lewis have done that as well. Will it be like Lewis and you can't swap the ends? Will you have to stay in that end for the whole game? So you won't be able to, like the way boys do, they one one end, they're behind the goal, we're shooting towards the other half of that. So will it be almost like a traditional football match, a professional one, where you are stood in the same area that you would be for the whole match? Well, no, because we, we know that people like to change ends. So what um, what we'll be looking at here, which should be achievable, is we'll put some fencing. If you imagine you come through the turnstiles, you have the program hut and uh, like a grey wall. We'll put the piece of uh, we'll put fencing there, and then if you go down to the other end where the uh, the other goal is, we'll put the fencing facing that goal on the right hand side. So if you want to stand behind the goal for both um, both um, uh, parts of the game, you can start off at the one end and then walk round uh, to Direction. the other end. Yeah. So it will literally so, be a so line from behind the goal? It will. Yeah. yeah, so basically, you know, it's going to be split between north and south and you're still going to be able to walk around the ground. If there's a COVID incident, then only half the people in north or south will have to go into quarantine or yeah. self-isolation. Yeah, that's that's the idea. Now, the um, the other um, challenge that we have, uh, we're thinking if the officials and the players are only on the pitch area and in the changing rooms, then they too can almost form their own bubble as well. So they, they have no risk of contamination from anybody else. Uh, but the bit of a challenge is what do we do when we get to goal celebrations? So mm. I gather that there may have been some some potential contact between uh, between players and supporters. So this is obviously something that uh, is not a great idea. So the challenge that we have to um, to perhaps uh, the, the folk who are listening is how would you celebrate a goal, but without having any physical contact between the fans and the players? This a is a very good point because obviously, you know, yesterday um, the fans did sort of rush forward on both celebrations. Um, now, obviously, the trouble is 
and, and I think that it's a difficulty for anybody as it's now competitive matches. It wasn't a problem with the mm-hmm. friendlies. Now it's competitive. Um, is how do you police excitement? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think it's going to be a very, very difficult challenge. Yeah. To be to-, to be totally honest. So, so how would how would you do that? Do you think? Um, and so, so what what might you encourage people to do? You know, what what? I've got you- an idea. You know, those yeah. big inflatable suits, the sumo suits. Let's all get them. So, if everyone does sort of a uh, go and jump, <laughs> we've kind of got a distance like that, so you can just bounce off each other. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, that's an innovative approach. I mean, you, you might have something. Say, if the if the players um don't actually go up to the um you know in our case where the railings are you know could they do some kind of gesture that might indicate that they're um celebrating their goal which could be returned by the fans without physical well i heard podcast regular jasper pattenden yesterday like to hush the uh folkstone fans with a little uh finger in front of his mouth so maybe that could be his celebration it could be yes yeah yeah he usually does the thumb in the mouth doesn't he Um, yeah thumb in the mouth baby baby of the squad <laughs> celebration but like i say i think i think i think basically um because there is apparently there was an assessor there yesterday uh at the match looking at the covid situation and checking for social distancing mm-hmm. and things like that so i think you know there is a there is a responsibility on us as fans um to you know to try not to get too carried away when a goal is scored obviously you know stand and cheer but just try and Try not to stay in your bubble um, and try not to, you know, rush down to the front. I know it's difficult because it is exciting. We've we've all been there. Um, but, yeah, I think there's, a, you know, there is a huge responsibility on the fans at the moment because the last thing we want it, um, is, to, you know, the government turning around and saying, right, we've been to X amount of games. These rules aren't being adhered with the social distancing, especially when goals are scored. Um, so we're going to have to shut you down again because we know non-league, yeah, non-league cannot be played without the fans. And we have said it plenty of times, Pete, and, and you know, at the end of the day, I, I've got to think, as we spoke earlier on in the podcast about the Folkestone game yesterday, uh, it, it was amazing. It's that first game. Folkestone were probably one of our nearest challenges last season before it got curtailed. So to beat that, to put two goals past them without reply until they obviously scored their one back, it's got to be a bit of self-restraint, I think, because I've got to think myself, if I had the option, and I know, you know, often I'm behind the microphone with Pete and Pete's telling me to uh, stop swearing or something like that, and I do apologise for that. But if I'm behind the goal, I know that rush and I know that feeling and you, you want to run forward. It's a natural reaction when, you know, you're so engrossed in a game. But I think everyone's got to take a little bit of self-responsibility and think, right, we carry on doing that we ain't going to be able to go to this match next week or the week after. It's just going to be cut. Imagine how awful it would be if we get back to Woodside, which I think, I mean, you might be able to correct me here, but I've heard it's going to be around the first week of November, which will be after everything that's gone on. Um, We've got to think, imagine that could be the game. And all of a sudden there's an assessor there. People don't listen. Everyone's excited to get back to Woodside. And all of a sudden, no, Worthing, you got a cap of 100 people or something like that it'd be awful for the club it'd be awful for the fans and we don't want it so it sounds like a bit of a rant here but i think everyone just needs to take a bit of self-responsibility and just calm down a little bit and watch the football and enjoy it it is hard it's easier yeah, and, said than done i appreciate that yeah and like and like you say james you know we had the um the let fans in podcast and we mm. you know we got other clubs involved other people involved in that um, now you know we're not we're not taking credit for getting fans back in per se. I know a lot of MPs wrote to the government and said you you know you've got to you've 
you've got to let fans in at our level. And the last thing, last thing we want is it is it shut down again. So, you know, obviously I'm I'm behind the microphone now, but I think if I was behind the stand yesterday, I'd have probably been as guilty as the other people, you know, rushing forward because it was such a big game to begin with. Um, but I think we've all sort of got to take stock of it, especially in the current situation where they're talking about, you know, possible another lockdown for a couple of weeks and you know it, it, it's it's the last thing we want but you know i would say folkestone in their actual ground their, their covid stuff was really really good around the bar um around their food area one-way systems uh you know there was anti-back dispensers around the ground by the turnstile so yeah they've done everything right and then the rest of it falls down to the spectators taking responsibility for their own actions within the ground and that's all I'm going to say on it. And perhaps it's, it's something about uh, about being creative in the past the way that we've all, always celebrated is uh, we run down to the um, run down to the barrier and the, you know the lads come out and that's the way we've always done it but it doesn't have to be the way that we always do it in the future so why can't we have a different kind of goal celebrate you know like the i hate to say but the ymca gestures you know where you sort of we're not we're not horsham ymca supporters angie why can't we be creative why can't we be creative with the celebration that we have music that's a that's a bone of contention gold music for some people i've always quite liked it i mean um Regular uh, podcast listener Nick Courtnard will say he's a Hamburg supporter, and I've luckily been able to go and see a Hamburg game. And okay, you've got a stadium of sixty thousand people there, but they have their goal music celebration, which is Scooter. You know the old band Scooter of like I love hardcore. It's an adaptive version, and when you hear them all singing that in their big old German booming accents, that is amazing, and that is a way to celebrate a goal. I trust though, but what? I can't see that working at Woodside Road somehow. Do you know? You know what we could bring rattles back. They're actually banned, aren't they? They they are banned. I suppose because they're a large wooden object, which you might get over enthusiastic. Oh, is that is that why we removed it from the Sports Association logo? Because it was banned. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I mean, there are other ways. You know, know, those massive. I love those massive foam hands. I love the idea of having some massive foam kind of hand things going on. You can't hear the clapping though, can you, with foam hands? You can't, but it would be very quiet. To be honest, I think if we get the phone hands, we'll have to start calling it soccer. It'll be the, the, the Isthmian Soccer League, I think it'll be, if we get the phone hands in. Maybe, maybe <laughs> all of us should get a drum. You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> God, the neighbours are complaining enough as it is already, don't they? <laughs> I think, yeah, there are potential issues there. But as I say, why can't we be creative? So, um, you know, that's a challenge out. Challenge out to the lads. You know, have a, I'm not lasses. Um, have a think about how do you how do you um, celebrate a goal? We we've always celebrated in a certain kind of way. Why shouldn't we do something different? Why shouldn't we do something different? Times are changing. Why not? <laughs> so, Ange, moving yeah. on, you've obviously got involved this um, summer as well with the uh, women's team, and it's great to see some. We have to find the fundraising for it. So, uh, a little update on the women's team and what I know. You, I know you and Pete have both been to today's enthralling eight-one victory against Stenning, which is another fantastic. They won. Was it nine-nil last week as well? Ten-nil. Ten- so they scored 18 goals in two games. I mean, that's that's a pretty awesome start to the season. Oh, yeah, yes. but they, they conceded one, though, didn't they? This oh, morning. disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that's um, that impressed me most about the women's game so far has been the quality of the corners, the, the delivery of the corners. 
has just been uh, absolutely amazing. You know, it's, it's so accurate. They're, they're basically, it's so close to the goal that as long as we've got somebody near it, it's got to go in. You know, it's been so so good. I mean, Pete, you were there today, so I, I know you were having having a having a view on it. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, the, the Sammy's deliveries today are absolutely exceptional. You know, right on top of the goalkeeper. You know, uh, they're flapping because women's goalkeepers aren't always the tallest. Um, so they, you know, they struggle against sort of, you know, when we put our big defenders up, because mm. uh, we've got yeah, obviously Rebecca who's very tall. Yes. Um, you know, when she goes up there, she causes absolute havoc in the penalty area. Goalie flaps, spills it into the area, and generally it tends to fall to a worthing boot and ends up in the back of the net, which is which oh, is really mm. good. Um, but um, on the on the on the same game today, Angela, what did you think of the linesman? <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say some interesting decisions there. Slightly trigger happy, I think, or you know, a little bit of the old semaphore going on there. Maybe a, a, there were a couple of um, there were a couple of decisions where we were we were very close to where he was actually making the decision, and you sort of thought, hmm. But I think I just put it down to the fact that um, that our our women are so fast. They are yes. so fast when they run that uh, they just get ahead of everybody else. That's the only thing I can put it down to. I think. Yeah, and the linesman was like 10, 15 yards behind the actual line when the through ball was going and kept flagging off. Um, and uh, Michelle Lawrence, the women's manager, uh, she, <laughs> she she lost a call wicket here from the other side of the pitch. She had a speaking to by the linesman and, also a t- a t- a, and then a ticking off by the referee. So, so yeah, he, he wasn't good. And at one point, obviously, uh, I went up with Chris Biggs today, one of the away boys. Um, and basically, like we've given the linesman a little bit as away boys do, and he says, and, and the linesman turned around to Chris and said, "Oh, is that your daughter then?" And, he, and Chris went, "No, that's not my daughter." And then Gemma goes through, actually scores a goal, keeps the flag down, and then Chris Biggs turns around and goes, "Yep, yeah, that's my daughter." It's <laughs> 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 just good old Bigsy. It just creased everybody up. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. I mean, I just look at this, guys. Look at look at the fun that can be had at the women's game. We, you know, we want to try and get attendances up this season. And as we've already said, that this is one of the things we're going to focus on this season with the podcast. We're going to involve the women a lot more. Try and make it an all for one club podcast. And um, you know, get down, especially when we're back at Woodside. You know, the bar will be open. Pete will be there for carling for you if you go. <laughs> also, um, also to say that uh, on the men uh, on the men's team season ticket. Uh, it's free entry to the women's games as well, so you, you can get in, uh, get in for free, which is even better. I mean, the the fundraising side of things that we've been involved with, uh, we've been um, looking at uh, looking looking at getting grant um, funding from the council. They have a, a thing called Community Chest, which is for local community groups who are trying to get things off the ground or get local clubs um, running and such like of all sorts of things, not just sports clubs, all sorts of things. And so the uh, the Worthing Football Club Supporters Association have said that they would um, would look at, at applying for a grant because they're the sort of organisation, you know, we're a community group, we're volunteers, and so we're in a position where we can uh, apply for these kind of grants. And so what we're looking to do is to apply for some money towards um, a project which builds on the girls' and women's pathway into football. So at the moment at Woodside, of course, we've got the development centre, which is like the kind of fun extra training uh, activity which goes on, on on Friday evenings and girls and boys go along to that but I think that's about under under 10s I think it is but it's, it's young younger folk anyway so boys and girls go along to that 
And then at Worthing, we um, the next jump, if you like, is into the women's team. And what we uh, what we haven't got at the moment are other activities for um, girls and young women who might like to get involved with with football. So we can signpost um, them into uh, other clubs and other activities if they want to carry on doing that kind of uh, that kind of training and that kind of football and excitement. But our next jump, as I say, is um, it's into the women's team, which is as we've already heard, is at a very high level. So you know, it's yeah, doing really well. Like- so, uh, so what we're looking at doing is saying, can we get more girls and more women interested in football of all ages, of all skill uh, levels? And uh, it just it just builds our football family and also might give a little more understanding to the chaps who want to go out, you know, virtually every Saturday to watch the football. If you get all of uh, the uh, women and girls interested in it as well, you can all go together. Or at least they wouldn't be too upset if you went because they'd understand where you were coming from. So just a thought. Excellent. I think, though, to be honest, Ange, I am very disappointed that we didn't manage to sign Alex Morgan. Spurs pipped us to the post there. I thought she was swimming around the area. She came down to Worthing, I heard, and she was looking around Woodside Road and Michelle. She just couldn't get there. So I think that's a target for next season. We need to loan Alex Morgan, don't we? Isn't that right, Pete? Absolutely. <laughs> what a signing for Spurs, though. What a signing for Spurs. One of the biggest names in women's football coming to the Women's Premier League, uh, Women's Super League, I should say. Um, but, you know, it is very positive. Um, to hear, I mean, the women's going from strength to strength, obviously, like Worthing, men's team, the the promotion was pulled from under their feet through the COVID crisis. So both main clubs of the Worthing Football Club have been affected by this COVID even more so than others. And it was such a shame, but it sounds like already two games in, we're one game in the other game, two games in women's, one was obviously a cup. I think it's a very positive start, Ange. Mm, yes, it, it's looking really good. And uh as I say, if uh, if people haven't uh, been along to the women's games, then uh, you know come along and, and you will be uh, enjoying a very high level of exciting, interesting football. It's good stuff. Yeah, and they're, and they're far too good for the league that we're in. But we sort of diverted from the ground, Angela, which is what mm-hmm. we got you on here for. Really. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, with the obviously with the, with the floodlights. Yes. They're, they're, they're all up and done. Mm-hmm. They've just got to be adjusted slightly, apparently. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's the lights on the pitch. And... Yes. I mean, the um, when they um, when they put uh, when they got them up initially, <coughs> excuse me, when they got them up uh, initially, they were actually too bright in certain areas. So they were too, <laughs> it was too bright. Uh, so they um, there's, there's ways of uh, adjusting them, but the the really positive thing about the new lights is the fact that instead of having to go up on a cherry picker, which is what they had to do before, you can now winch them down. They're on a hinge system, so you can winch them down. Uh, they come down to ground level. You can then adjust them and then winch them back up again. So as far as a maintenance point of view is concerned, that's really great. But um, once again, it's been Jason who's been adjusting all of these. And uh, we're it's getting there. We're, we're almost there. But the quality of light now actually on the pitch is literally brilliant and speaking as somebody who regularly stands on the north stand and can't see what's going on the south side of the pitch on a tuesday evening um it's going to be a considerable improvement (laughs) absolutely yeah try commentating in the (laughs) south stands I think that's why we both wear glasses as well. It's even harder if the light is. You can't even tell. I think that's one of the things that's really exciting. I'm actually, it sounds really daft. I mean, I'm excited to get back to Woodside Road myself anyway, but I'm even more excited to go for a Tuesday night game. 
Mm, yes, I, I have to say I love the um, I love the the evening games you, mm. when you get into deep winter. The smell and, and everything. Yes, yeah. and you get the lights and it's the excitement of it, and you know, nice bag of chips. Oh, fantastic! So now it's LED. Does that mean we do like what they do at these other grounds in the Premier League, and we have a musical interlude and all the lights go down? We do it all along to music as the players come out of the tunnel. I think that should be a thing. We could look oh, at. The residents, yeah. can you imagine the residents? What the hell is going on at Woodside Road right now? And you've got some like dramatic. Like entrance music going along to all these lights flashing everywhere. Well, I, I'd say over to you, chaps. That's obviously your vote. Right, in. Pete, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're getting it done. <laughs> Anyone wants I the music? We'll save that till we're in the conference proper. <laughs> can you imagine? You can imagine the stick we'd get. Like, what the hell are Worthing doing right now with all these lights? I'd love that. I'd love that. A bit of Americanism. Yeah. And, and also, Angela, um, uh, pitch, obviously one of the most important things for football to be played on. So obviously we know we know it's going to be replaced. Um, are, are there any proper time scales we can give the fans at all? Uh, nothing uh, nothing I can really share with you with any certainty at the moment uh, other okay. than that uh, where it's being worked on and has been worked on as everybody knows we've been working on it for some time and it's something that can't really be discussed because um, of the uh, well, some of the sensitivities are around how the pitch is going to be um, going to be brought back into uh, into play. But as as we've all experienced, uh, you know, with the with the problems that they have uh, had with it, and you know, when we had to play away to uh, to Bognor with Bognor as um, uh, ground sharing, then that's somewhere we don't want to be this year, and uh, we want to be playing at home in Woodside. And that is the objective. So our objective is we are going to be playing at home uh, at Woodside. And we have been really, uh, uh, well, we're really grateful to the league because the league have agreed to reverse the fixtures for us, as you know. So this is why we're doing um, so many away games to start off with. And that is something that, um, you know, the league has been great at. You know, they, uh, the, um, we know that the FA are also very supportive as well. So um, so we've been uh, we've been very, very much supported by them. So... It's it's been a long road, but um, hopefully there is some light at the end of that tunnel, and we are moving towards it. This is the Rebel Yell podcast. Another fascinating insight into the management committee and what's going on around the club. Angela stepped in last minute and uh, helped us out on the podcast tonight, and it's really great to hear from Ange. Um, I do miss seeing her down at the committee meetings, which we now can't do in person anymore. But you know, we'll do a Zoom call very soon, just before the first match. Um, some interesting things there, Pete, weren't there, in regards to the ground and getting back with COVID? It's I find, think it's interesting that there's going to be a splitting down the ground behind the goal, each side of the terrace, which is going to be interesting. I think I think it's um, it, you know in a funny sort of way the crowdfunder and everything has worked to Worthing's advantage to to be able to provide that separation between sort of the north stand and the south stand, and then it puts less risk on the on the on the on the fans because as we said if you know if there is a if there is an issue with covid at least everybody who hasn't attended has got to go into quarantine it would just be the people either on the north or the south stand so i think that's a very clever way of doing it the only thing i'm not looking forward to is the toilet situation because you know what's me and like with you if we do the commentary at woodside we hold it until half time and then we can't have a one in one out system in the toilets it's not going to be fun i think george and uh barry and Ange need to get us a special vip toilet pass or something and bar pass yeah we'll have to have a toilet and bar pass i think yeah a little exactly. a little badge to say that you know we're special and 
Or even be, even beating that, why doesn't Woodside Bar sponsor the podcast? Why don't we get that and then we can have free drinks provided all throughout the game? Have waitress service. Right, you're, you're dreaming now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. dreamland, mate, dreamland. I have, a, yeah, dreamland. I have a hot tub up there soon, won't we? You, know? <laughs> you, you, never, you never know. That might give us a beer voucher one day. Yeah, you never know. We might. Well, we tried to get it played in the pub, but we worked out it was so far behind when we. I know Pete had a little bit of um, a comment from a fan. I think it was a Chichester preseason and said to Pete, "You do realise it's about half, about thirty seconds behind." It's like Pete's like, "Yes, it's not Sky Sports. We are going via the internet and the satellite and being beamed back to your device. It's not going to be instant. We're not paying hundreds and hundreds of pounds." Yeah. So yeah, if you're if you're a fan of Worthing. Do not listen to the commentary while you're inside the ground because there is a delay and it is behind. <laughs> kind of. And don't but, you know, any Once again, like talking about the commentary, it's going to be a lot of fun season. We'd like to thank the continued support of Nature's Health Box who do bring, who help support bringing the commentary to you guys who can't make the matches. Hopefully it's going to help out this season because, you know, if sadly anything does happen COVID-wise, we like to think we might be able to get into the grounds if they're still playing to get a commentary service out to you. But even for those fans that aren't able to get tickets for somewhere, even aren't able to you know get down to the ground for shielding, we hope to bring that service to you and you enjoy it. Yeah, and obviously, you know, sometimes we do have issues with the connection um, on on devices from time to time. Yesterday, I don't know what happened second half because it said we was connected. Um, so I really don't understand that. It's uh, a strange one. Yes, there was an issue with the microphone in the first half where uh, somehow a lead got snagged, snagged under a table and we couldn't understand how he got snagged. Um, so it did break, but I had my spare microphone with me, which I used for the second half. Um, so I, as far as I was concerned, I was bringing everybody brilliant live commentary and a lot of people didn't hear it for some reason. So I do apologise because I know we had quite a few listeners yesterday who obviously couldn't come to the game. But we, we are working on it. We are working on solutions. Um, we're waiting for the next Supporters Association committee meeting so we can ask them for a um, a little bit of money, uh, you know, because it's it's you guys who put the money in through the sports association. So we just want a little bit of funding off them just to improve our, you know, to make sure we can get connections wherever we go, uh, you know, with a, what's it called, a, a dongle? Yeah, dongle, Wi-Fi, 4G modem or something like that. I mean, the good thing is, is obviously, you know, we can, we can do it from our phones, but sometimes the places the signal's not great i guess it's the joys of non-league really here's the joys it's like the football itself it is a bit uh it can be a bit amateur at times you know we're not playing to be sky sports but we do try our best and you know occasionally we do get the odd mistake and hip hat but we work with what we've got yeah and I, I i you know sometimes with me trying to connect and all the rest of it i do miss chunks of the game which is a bit disappointing on my behalf yeah. because you know, I used to be behind the goal with the with the away boys, uh, enjoying it, having having a few beers with them. So I, I've had to change my, you know, the way I I I behave on match days, if you want to put it that way. Uh, you know, to bring it to bringing this surface. So you know, I try my best. But again, we will try and get to every single game we can this season. If you do fancy having a little session on the co-commentary of Pete, obviously Pete's got to vet you. You've got to pass very. Like you know, very serious tests. We all had to be put through the rigor, didn't we? And you know, uh, Pete, Pete's a very t- tough, tough uh, taskmaster here. 
Yeah, and obviously, James, you're still on your free match ban at the moment. So. Oh, funny that, because you were begging me to uh, commentate for your Tuesday night in the FA Cup at East Grinstead, but, you know, OK. <laughs> yeah, three games since then, mate. <laughs> yeah, true, actually. Yeah, well, three games that you've commentated against, anyway. So, you know, you, you didn't spe- specify what games, and I think you have commentated three games on Rebel Yell since uh, since my mishap from Met Police last weekend. So, yeah, ban's over. So, I'll see you Tuesday night. Um, again, but look, talking about sponsors, you know, MK Wind, for supporting us through the um for the podcast as well you know they they kindly paid for um the soundcloud account that we can publish this to every month or whenever we've used it we've used it a lot more than we planned to over the close season it has been amazing um but going on to you know sponsorship everything like that it's going to be good to hear from uh adam hinchelwood now the manager of the men's first team pete managed to sit down with him after training on thursday night so there might be a little bit of a time warp or something. You might have to go back before the game, but he does talk about the preseason. Pete, was there anything that stood out to you in the interview? Yeah, I think um, I think sort of as Stuart mentioned, um, I'm hoping we've had Stuart on already. No, I just 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 cut that. Just just uh, okay. Um, I'll just pause that again. Um, Talking about the first, uh, talk about sponsors and first team. We're about to have Adam Hinchwood on. Um, luckily, Pete managed to get the chance to sit down with him on the pre uh, on the training on Thursday. Boy, it was pre-season at that stage, um, and he had quite a lot to say as Adam normally does. But Pete, anything that stood out to you? Yeah, I think uh, just the way you mentioned, obviously with the you know with the COVID situation, and then you know you got players disappearing on on holiday, etc., etc., and you know, he he calls it a pre pre season. Um, so yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was insightful. Um, he did say at one point, you know, this is probably coming across as negative, but um, you know, we we, ju- we just want honesty from the manager, and that's that's what he provides. Yeah, I mean, he always tells it is he always spends some time with us, so it's great to have. But without any further ado, we're now going to play you out the interview with Pete. It's not as usual, 45, 50 minute interview if he's kept it down which i'm really pleased to see um but you guys enjoy this is the rebel yell podcast i'm at woodside road for the first time in quite a while sitting down with adam hinshawood ahead of our first game on saturday away at folkestone so adam what what are your thoughts on the game saturday oh uh, yeah like you said i think all sort of looking forward to it and looking forward to getting a, a season going again uh it's been so long Yes, pre-season, we had a pre-pre-season, um, we was doing bits where uh, social distance training and, and all sorts and um, yeah, it's been um, probably a frustrating time in terms of the amount of injuries and not having a settled squad to work with for a pre-season. I've never known anything like it and trying to get players in and um, yeah, it's probably been the toughest pre-season so far in that sort of sense. Um, I don't know whether it was the players having so long off um, and then coming into the rigours of you know uh, playing and competitive games again, the reason that we've got so many injuries, uh, but yeah, it does seem to have hit everyone a bit hard yeah. at the moment. Well, I think we saw in, um, in the Premiership, didn't we, the, the injuries sort of went up 50% um, in, in the actual Premier League yeah. after sort of having a break and then coming back. So you've had exactly the same experience at, at this level, really. Yeah, and that's uh, you know they obviously would have gone back in and, and working a little bit more than than what we was allowed to initially. Um, and yeah, the, the concern would be that the amount of games that we have got, I'm not 
you know, crying about it or anything like that it is what it is and more youngsters will get an opportunity no doubt but um yeah the, the concern is that you, you're playing 45 minutes with players and stuff like that um and then to go into competitive football now um and the rigors of saturday tuesday saturday wednesday saturday um and, and just what that's going to take on, off on the on the players and everyone is, is going to be real hard but it is what it is and like i say we'll um like I say, it's been frustrating, but at the same time, it is what it is. Never one to cry about it, and look forward to the season starting yeah, on Saturday. Just try and keep that yeah, positive just, mental attitude. Exactly, that's all you can do. Yeah. Stay positive, and you know we'll go there with enough quality in our squad um, to be to make a game of it. If we get a bit of luck, then you know hopefully we'll be a bit more of a threat, and uh, yeah, be a good game. They're obviously a top side as well, and. Um, yeah, we want to try and um, be a top side as well this season. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, young still injured, isn't he? Knee? Yeah. Knee problem? Yeah, so he's having, long, having a scan tomorrow. So. Oh, he's having a scan, so yeah. there's no it's visible not, sign of him no, coming back anytime nah, soon. No, yeah, we thought it was only going to be a couple of weeks because it was just a niggle. Um, Is that the worm in two weeks? Yeah, the worm <laughs> in two weeks and <laughs> still nothing and then he sort of said it's getting no better so yeah he's hoping to get a scan tomorrow so hopefully we get some answers on that but yes yeah, i say just one of a number of players and and also with um you know people you know struggling work-wise and stuff at the moment and a football club you can't pay the players in pre-season um so like for instance saturday aaron racine and alex parsons had to work yeah um, and you know, a week before the season starts, and yeah. you've still not got those two big players yeah. in your yeah. side to work with, um, and it just how it is in the current climate at the moment. Um, you know, it's 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 not ideal, but like I say, we'll uh, have a good session tonight, and we'll be ready to go Saturday. Yeah, I might stay and watch it. Yeah, yeah. no problem. <laughs> carry on. Um, Golding. Uh, obviously yep. he's back he's back running there. Yeah. Um so he's he's, he's joining training tonight. Excellent. Um yeah, but again, um hasn't done anything got about was doing some sort of like pre pre season stuff. Um and he was joining that and then missed the whole of pre season and then it's the last session tonight and he's gonna join in that so um yeah, well, he, we'd be foolish to chuck him straight back in. Yeah. He needs a few more sessions, needs a few more, um, yeah, a bit more conditioning. Um, but yeah, we, like I say, we're not in a position where we're going to be able to have him on the sidelines for too long. Yeah. Um, so, so looking with what you've got available, yep. is it free at the back, do you think? Um, or are you going to keep this under your hat? <laughs> yeah, we've worked a lot on uh, a certain shape through pre-season and... Like I say, it's hard to uh, judge it too much. There's been lots of good stuff. There's been, you know, um, definitely stuff to work on. But to judge it when we've had maybe what the starting eleven could potentially be on Saturday, um, we haven't really had that team out available. So um, yeah, it's been hard, hard one to judge. Like from my point of view, you'd have had a couple of games with personnel that you deem would be um, in the in the starting ranks um, and we just haven't had the opportunity to do that but yeah I think it'll send out the wrong sort of message to uh, 
then change shape completely. Um, you know, there's lots of good positive stuff, and lots of try and be positive with the players and, and give them good, good honest feedback after a game. Not always positive, as you would have seen before, but yeah, yeah so yeah, just there's lots of good stuff happening. Um, I thought at Free Bridges we didn't choose the correct pass, but the actual movement and stuff was excellent, and we'd go short when we should have gone long, and um, went long when we could have broke lines into into the striker's feet. Um, there's an element of that against Free Bridges, and just being patient. Yeah, transitional play wasn't Yeah, they, they, they defended you know, really well, got back into a good shape, and made yeah. it difficult. I suppose um, their manager after he yeah. was Archery, so the game plan worked. Yeah, for, for yeah. The game plan was the goalkeeper to make two worthy saves, was it? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And kick Lums out of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the first step, that was their game plan. Um, yeah, it just didn't happen for us on the day. Um, I think if we take one of our chances, um, that presented himself, and they had a couple late on in the counter attack as well. Um, but yeah, there's lots of, to be positive with. Obviously, uh, Met Police, we changed shape first half, and there's lots of youngsters and. Um, Trialists out there uh, that were, you know, trying hard to, and you know, Mo tucks his penalty away. You come in free all. It's possibly a different game. Yeah. Um, that goes free all there. Jasper scores his thought was probably the best goal of pre-season. Oh yeah. To go four three. Oli Pierce then tucks his penalty away. You five three up, and I think without Alex Parsons, Darren Bard, and Aaron Racine on the pitch, you need the game to go that way. Yeah. Um, you know that was a disappointing thing, and I said that to the players on on Tuesday when we analysed it. Was um, didn't have enough characters to um, you know keep us in the game. All the time it's you know four three and we're still in it, and for it to go five and to six was was you know poor, and the goals that we conceded were poor. There's loads of players back when the lad picks yeah. up in his own box and, and goes through. So um, yes. It's been, like I say, a very um, frustrating. I thought we started pre-season very well um, and implemented some good stuff. And there's been different challenges um, since then, and we probably haven't coped brilliantly with it. And um, yeah, it's stuff for us to iron out and get better at for Saturday. Yeah. We got uh, Jesse suspended, so will it yep. be? Uh Buddy going to slot into that midfield? Uh, buddy's, buddy's away. Oh, right, okay. Uh, he's away and he's injured anyway at the moment. Oh, right, okay. Um, another one, yeah, massive player, so that's not an option. Um, yeah, I mean, how you can still be expected to pay Jesse's fine, but then, um, yeah, the season get null sort of null and void and suspension still hanging on. I you know, don't, don't get it, but I suppose, um, you know, if the league take away the money, then they have to take away the suspension as well, so there's probably an element of that in there, uh, which is you know, not not ideal. But um, yeah, it's it's another 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 big player missing um, at a crucial time. You know, you want to get off to a good start and implement what you've been working on. And um, yeah, I think he's more frustrated. He just wants to get back to playing competitive football. Um, so yeah, hopeful he'll be available Tuesday for us. Yeah, and then after Saturday, like you said, yep. Saturday, Tuesday, FA Cup yep. away in East Grinstead. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got to see how we come out of uh, Saturday. Really. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I say, uh, 
got to go into this session and I've uh, got, got to change like my this, this interview seems very sort of negative and downbeat so <laughs> yeah we've got to go we've, we, like I say we'll have more than enough uh, quality to 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 be a force and we'll work on a lot of stuff and um, yeah we'll there's no excuses from our point of view we'll, yeah. we'll be ready to go Saturday and we'll deal with what Saturday brings and get a team ready for Tuesday yeah. um, and what's expected of us um, is is to compete in in, mm. in all these games so um, you know, I'm happy with the squad we have got fit and available out there Hopefully there'll be a couple of uh, new signings um, as well, which come in late doors. Trained with us Tuesday, so we'll be training again tonight. So um, yeah, it just adds a bit of competition for places, yeah. and I think we need that this early stage of the season. Yeah, and I think we've seen uh, being positive. We've seen, yeah, we've seen some good youngsters pre-season. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. There's been some excellent performances um, from the younger players, and you know the 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 the, uh, the good thing is that we have got those available and. Um, yeah, went down to Maidstone with a uh, under 19s yesterday. It was full of first years um, playing against a team that was full of third years, and you know, really pleased with the crop that we got coming through at the club. Um, you know, at all levels, um, coached the 14s, 15s, 16s tonight, and some good stuff and good good things happening. So, you know, if if we are a club that's putting our emphasis and our money into developing our own players, then you know we've got to give them a chance when it, when it's ready. When yeah, ready to do it's so. certainly good for the future of the club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, definitely. Until yeah. the big boys come and snap them up. Yeah, that's <laughs> it, yeah, but yeah, it's been some great cases of that, and enjoyed watching you know how the boys that have gone on and how they their careers and yeah. Well, I was watching Finney the other night. Yeah, London Cup final. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, he played well. Yeah, that's it, yeah, definitely, and you know he's got he's got the right mentality, right attitude. I think that's the part of the reason why he chose Brentford, to be honest, because he mm. wants to fight for a first team spot. He doesn't want to go to a pro club and and not be considered yeah. um, and just get not looked at. Um, yeah. And I think being at Brentford puts him right under the yeah. first team manager's nose. Um, so that's the kind of mentality that you want, and that's the kind mm. of mentality he showed up for us all last year. Yeah, I think I've always said to you, Evan, I that. I think it's better for players rather than sitting on the bench in under 23s or under 18s in the league. Better to come to a club like, club like Worthing. Yeah. Well, you, you just just watch that game. You watch that game. I watched that game the other night. Um, how competitive the game was against Hendon um, the other night, and you know, if those younger players are getting that week in week out, it can only yeah. be good for them. Um, good for their learning. Good for their development. Um, so yeah, it's it's still. A very good level for younger players to go in and test themselves and, and get that regular you know what's expected of you if you go to Brentford and start week in week out is mm. that you're delivering every yeah. every match day and every every training session so to, to get that at such an early stage for Finn I think is, is really going to help him in good stead. yeah definitely this is the Rebel Yell podcast Another fascinating insight from Adam Hinchwood. I mean, as I said before, the interview has played out. He he always does give a bit of time to us, which we really do appreciate, Gaffer. So thank you so much, and you know, look forward to many more of them throughout the season. Um, and as we said, we've evolved this podcast this this uh, for the new season, this twenty twenty one season, and we are going to involve the women's team. And you know, Pete, uh, fresh from their eight one victory in the was it the Velocity Trophy? You said it was on uh, on the Sunday. 
Vitality. Vitality. God, there's so many Velocity. Vitality Velocity is the men's one, isn't it? Vitality Insurance Trophy, yeah. the women's game. So um, they beat actually, Stenning 8-1. Somebody did actually call it while we were at the game today, the Vileda Trophy. And I was like, well, that's not great, is it? That's not great. Yeah, get the mops out and everything like that. Yeah. You're, trying to bring, you're trying to get rid of sexism in the game and everything yeah. like that. And someone calls it the Vileda yeah. Trophy. But, you know, uh, Pete, you, I know, I know you've got, you go to quite a few of the women's games. How, how, how have the performance been so far in this pre-season, you know, beginning of the season? I mean, we know they beat their first match of the season last week. It was 10-0. Amazing. Yes. Tenil against Hassocks, uh, very dominating performance. Um, Michelle, uh, the women's manager, she sets very, very high standards. Uh, as you know, they, you know, were promoted last season uh, until the new null and void, and they was got got left in the same league, uh, which obviously they're they're far too good for, He's easily far too good for. So a lot of frustration there. Um, and I think Michelle came over to me last week and she said, uh, during the game, she said, see, you know, this is exactly why the FA got, got it wrong uh, with with them not being able to, you know, to go up a league. Um, and she's brought in five new players. This, I think it's five that she's brought in this season. Uh, you know, top quality players, good players. Um, and I, I'd encourage anyone to go along to the, you know, the women's games and, and have a look. No, it's um I I've only ever managed to catch one, which is before my time of knowing you, Pete. And you know it was it was a great performance. That was the season before last. Before Michelle even came into the the fold, and you know from what I see already, it's very promising. Obviously, as we said, Worthing men's team we feel was shafted with the cancellation and curtailation of the season last year. But you got to remember the women's team had already gained promotion. And then their season was none avoid. And this is, I think it's even more of a travesty for them and how we, we've been going on also about how unfair it is for the men's team to actually be promoted already and then not be allowed to f- fulfil that promotion. I think it's despicable. I mean, we could be here for all hours discussing the FA and what, how they've dealt with this COVID situation. But you've got to feel for Michelle and the players. And as Pete said, she, she feels this, the FA have messed it up because this team is way too strong for the league we're in. Yeah, it was like last season, you know, 14, 14 games, 14 wins. And, you know, most most teams we turned, we just turned them over really easily, um, which is, I think, where the frustration comes from, really. It's just, uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't great. Obviously, it's a difficult situation with the COVID. We all know that. Um, but, yeah, it was a... Uh, very unfair on them to be honest. I guess it comes across sometimes for them like playing FIFA on the beginners mode and completely thrashing the other team because they're not up to your capability so that's what I like to play anyway but you know yeah um, obviously you know we don't mean any disrespect for the no, other teams, of course, no. but last 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 week with Hassocks um it was you know you you ended up feeling a bit sorry for them mm. that they're the, on the end of that sort of beating where Did they looked dejected yeah and they're going to play other teams in their league that they'll be able to have a good a good game against, and you know, and, and win some. It's not like Hasics are a, a poor team. It's just that you know, Worthing's women's team with uh, Michelle at the helm is just a very good team. Yeah, no, it's it's very promising. So, without further ado, we were going to speak to Michelle, but Pete, what happened there? Did she kind of get microphone shy and palmed you off to someone else? Well, yeah, I I arranged it yesterday and i said oh you know she said oh probably after the game's best and she said you're still on that interview i mean yeah and she went hannah will do it so we got hannah hewlett the women's captain uh, to do the interview 
Well, Michelle, you can't hide for much longer. So we're going to speak to Hannah now. It's going to be good to have her and hear what she has to say. But Michelle, you're going to be on the next one. So no hiding from you. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. So we're at the uh, shooting field, Stenning, and I'm with uh, Worthing captain, Hannah Hewlett. We've just come off a 8-1 victory in the Vitality Trophy against Stenning Town Women. Uh, how do you think the game went, Hannah? It was a slow start. First half, we weren't good enough. We knew it ourselves. There's no, we came into the game, we'd played them pre-season. We probably got a bit too, too far ahead of ourselves, to be honest. Second half, we made up for it. A bit gutted to concede a goal. It was a good goal. <laughs> it was, yeah, I it was, mean, it was their only shot on goal, wasn't it? Yeah. But, you know, it's a goal too many conceded. But we got the result. We're in the in the round for the next, you know, in the draw for the next round of the FA Cup, which is, is what matters. Yeah. And obviously we had um, the league season started last season with a 10 victory at Hassex. Um, again, I was there. It was good performance all round. Uh, yeah, last week was, yeah, good performance, good way to start the season. I mean, we, we had a good, strong pre-season and really just kind of itching to get going again. But yeah, 10 goals in the first game, eight goals in the second. I mean, it speaks volumes, good good start. Still plenty to improve on and, and there will be tougher challenges. Um, but yeah, it was good, two, two good results, good I think. And especially sort of um, after what happened last season, as you said, 14, 14 games, 14 victories, promotion assured, and then it was uh, cut short. Your feelings on that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we can't dwell on it. We've got to move on. But I'd be lying if, uh, you know, you know, we were all gutted. I think that the stats say it all. One fourteen, um, played 14, won 14, had already guaranteed promotion. Um you know, and that was taken from us. But we go again. Um, you know, there are other teams who are being in a similar position, um, and we've just got to kind of channel that energy into uh, doing it again this season. Really. Yeah, I was just going to ask: Is it something that you think is going to galvanise the squad even more this season to make sure that you know we do it? You know, get the promotion we deserve. Yeah, and that and that's going to be key. We've got to make sure that that we we don't you know our standards won't drop. Uh, the motivation, I guess, is that much more. We need to get out of this league. We don't want to be in it anymore. Um, but we've got to do it, do it all again. Um, we can. There's stuff to build on from last season. We want to do better in the cups. Um, so this was a good good start. We've got the league cup, um, who we've been given a tough draw against with uh, Crawley. Um, uh, in the sorry, that was in the counter cup, and, and the league cup is going to be another challenge. So. Yeah, we, we, you know, the end of last season, like the men, you've just got to regroup, refocus and, and make sure we, we do it again. Right, OK. Um, you're, it's your first time on the Rebel Yelp podcast. Have you listened to any before? I've caught, <laughs> I've caught a couple, you know. Oh, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you uh, on the, uh, the the run from Selsey to... Um, Woodside. Selsey to Woodside with uh, Hinch, Cam and Stu. I caught some of that. was following... Did you like the commentary? Yeah, fabulous, Pete. <laughs> Absolute fabulous. <laughs> I'm glad you're enjoying it. No, it's not, like I said, I think um, what we want to do with the podcast this season is um, make it more inclusive and get more of the, uh, you know, the, the, the women's team on it. Um, you know, not just yourself. Uh, I, did, I thought I was going to be interviewing Michelle this afternoon, but she's uh, thrown you in the hot seat. Nice one, Michelle. We'll, <laughs> we'll have a chat with her later about that. 
No, I think it's great. Like I say, this it's it's all about, you know, we all play for Worthing, don't we? Yeah. You know, it's it's a big club, um, lots of teams, and and I think what you're doing really, you know, bringing everyone together is, is great. That's what we're trying. I was at the under-16s game this morning Brilliant. as well. They, yeah. drew, they drew 2-2 against Ristington. Um, so we've, we've got people at all levels. Well, do you think there's going to be some younger ladies teams in the future? I'd, I'd like to think women's, so. Yeah. Sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'd like to think so, of course. Like, I mean, at the moment, we've got the women's team. Um, you need a big, uh, a big structure around uh, to have, you know, a, a reserve team, uh, under 16s, etc., and the youth uh, feed up. But certainly, that, that's an ambition. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, and um, I think you know, it might be a t- time mention that we we could do some sponsorship for the women's team. I definitely, definitely. So anyone out there who wants to sponsor a player, two hundred pounds a player. Um, uh, you'll, you'll get the name on the website, the advertising, etc. Other thing, boards around the pitch. A few of us have got people from work to, to sponsor us there. Anyone that's, that wants to get involved with the women's team, um, you would be gratefully received and we've got a team of people that can uh, point you in the right direction. Yeah, and like I say, the team's going onwards and upwards. This season looks like it's going to be a positive season with the way it started. So, you know, there's going to be a should be a promotion. We don't want to sort of put too much pressure on you that we're going to, you know, get promotion. Promotion, but judging by the, you know, the other teams in the league last season, we did sort of hammer quite a few of them, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, certainly promotion. No disrespect um, to them. Yeah, no. <laughs> promotion is definitely the goal. Uh, and I think you know we we don't want to drop points in the league. I, I think that's that's a fair a fair goal. Um, I think the League Cup is within our grasp, uh, and we sh- should certainly be there or thereabouts, um, and 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 have a good run in that. FA Cup uh, is obviously a tricky one, and 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 our expectations will change because you're you're very much in at the mercy of whoever you get drawn. So we'll take each game as it comes, but we will always be competitive. Um, and the County Cup again. Um, the draws not being very kind to us and, and, and drawn us against the top seed, uh, which is Crawley Wasps, who play uh, four tiers above us in, in, in tier three. So it, it is what it is. We will always yeah. be competitive um, uh, and that's all we can be, really. Yeah. Um, so, like I say, if you want to get your name on the, on the website and have your name alongside the women's team with sponsorship, please get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch with Hannah directly or send a message through ourselves at Rebel Yell. Um, and we'll put you in touch with the people who can, who can sort that out for you. So we've had um, a few new signings this season. Mm. Anything you can tell us about them? Because oh, obviously we see the faces, but we don't know a lot about them. Yeah, we've had some great players come in. Um, uh, so we've got Lucy, Lucy the keeper. Um, well, great, great to have a safe pair of hands, and, and she can play well. You know, she is it's having an extra player behind her because her distribution with her feet is immense. Um, so that's great to have the Kiwi's back playing she's been out for for a while with her knee so I mean it's great to see her back on the pitch again um Sophie um um our kind of genius in the team she's doing a PhD in uh sports and uh injury prevention so she works full-time with uh the Brighton Hove Albion men's team so she's down there <coughs> at Lansing day in day out and then you know it's nice to have her and her her experience from that point of view um, on the pitch, Alice coming in into the middle. Um, she she put a great shift in again today in the second half. 
Um, Kaz, great on the wing. Um, she's been another great, great signing. Is she the little fast one today? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who kept getting flagged offside? Yes. The linesman was good, wasn't he? He was flag happy, wasn't he? <laughs> Absolute nightmare. Michelle think, did well I, not to get sent yeah. off the pitch. Oh yeah, she got spoken to by the linesman yeah. over there and the referee came over. Yeah. And I think a uh, radar photographer said, said uh, you started a new charity, it's called Flagging for Charity. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's a fair, fair comment from Ray there. He, uh, yeah, flag happy is, is all I can say. <laughs> okay. On another day on a, in a tighter game, I think, you know, we wouldn't be laughing about it. But no, I mean, no. today it was... Yeah. It, became, it was comical. He couldn't keep up with the play. He couldn't keep up with the play. No, we, he was, I mean, <laughs> we were running from inside our own half and being yeah. called offside, so. Yeah, he's very strange, really, wasn't he? <laughs> he was an interesting <laughs> character. Good way to describe him, Pete. But, but it, yeah, that's what I love about football, especially <laughs> these sort of levels. Exactly. Because you see all sorts. I saw yeah. a clip this morning of one non league game, yes, it was a llama running across the pitch at one point. <laughs> No llamas today, though. <laughs> no, no llamas today, just a funny linesman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll, had... we'll, we'll look out for the llamas <laughs> next week, yeah? Down so, in Her the Hern Bay Llamas, maybe. Oh, that's llamas. true, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, right, Hannah, I'll, we'll wrap it up there. Thanks ever so much for your time, and welcome to your first Rebel Yell. Thank you. And uh, hopefully there'll be many more, and you can send some other players our way, yeah. do little segments about themselves and their careers, and give us some info about them so the listeners can get to know them. Definitely, and thanks for all your support, Pete. This no. season, last season, no, our number fine. one fan at every game. <laughs> Love Not having you there. No problem. Thanks very much. Cheers, Anna. Pete. Are you going to make me cry? <laughs> <laughs> Getting emotional. <laughs> emotional wreck. See you later. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Fascinating insight from Hannah there. You know, it's great, and I'm really pleased we can get the women's team involved in this podcast all season because we have said from the beginning, although the away boys, everything like that, we are still one club. We are operate under that Worthing banner, and to have as many parts of the club involved is going to take this podcast from strength to strength. So, thank you there. And you know, it, it, we'd love to get one of the ladies' players on on here with us to to like discuss their season, what what they've been doing. So, if you know you fancy, if you are listening to this, please do let us know. We obviously have got our social media at Rebel Yell WFCSA or just stop us at one of the games Pete's often down there I'll come down to when I can and you know it'd be great to have you involved with the podcast and the commentary you know you never know why don't we get a women's player to go and commentate with you Pete on the men's game one Saturday that'd be quite fun I think yeah that would be a you know fascinating fascinating insight to get a, a women's women's perspective co-commentating with me on a, no, on, a, on a men's game yeah that'd be fascinating that'd be really good yeah but I mean I've really enjoyed being back on this podcast with you, Pete. Again, it's been it's been a, a good sort of couple of hours of show, and you know, hopefully, we can bring back a bit of enjoyment and it, a bit of normality that the season has become. I guess what we should really end it in is our predictions for the season. Now, are we going to be controversial? As I said on other podcasts, we are doing. I I do think Worthing will will do a good run this season, but I I, don't, I hate to say it, I think we might fall short at the last minute, and I don't want to be down about the club because I love the club. I would love us to smash it, but what would your prediction be, Pete? Do you think we're going to literally walk the league? I, I wouldn't say walk it because I don't think there's uh, going in with that sort of attitude. You know, would be totally wrong, as Adam has said in the past. Um, so it's taking each game as it comes. We're unbeaten away from home now since August the tenth last true. year, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, it was a real tough start to the season yesterday, and after what I saw yesterday. Um, yeah, I'm. I was, you know, Worthing are four to one favourites to win this league this season, and I didn't see anything yesterday to say that that's not a value price. And I think all it is as well is maybe I'm, 
I'm just treading on the on caution, really, I think, because I don't want to get my hopes up because, you know, we were getting so excited last season. You know, we were starting to feel it. It was getting to that March time when we're actually going to do this, possibly. We are actually going to do this. And then to have yeah. it ripped away, and I think maybe that's why I don't want to get my hopes up because I know other teams will, it, as I've said before, every game we play will be their cup final. They're all going to want to get a result against Worthing. No matter who they are, if they beat Worthing, that's going to be their big game. Obviously, teams like Horsham, that's just up the A24 for us, I think that's going to be a tough couple of games for us. Always the games against Bogner. Um, obviously, we did double over them last season. I think we could still do the double over them this season. But, you know, at the end of the day, a game's a game, and those 90 minutes can be different from week to week. So you could you'd have a different set of players through injury or people not being able to turn up. So, for me... Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't think we're going to do it, but I think it'll be a much tougher challenge, and it could go down to the wire. Yeah, I think you know, and one of the results yesterday was stood out was a uh, uh, Cray Rindras. They beat Kingstonian five one, and the season before last, uh, basically Mersum got into the playoffs. They picked us to the last playoff place. And then the manager left, went to Kingstonian, took those playoff players, most of that squad, 16 players, I think it was, took them to Kingstonian with him. And then that squad got beat 5-1 by Cray Rangers yesterday. So Cray are going to be... They were, they were on our heels last season. Um, and they've got a little then, bit of money behind them as well, haven't they? And, and they will definitely be a team to watch this year. Um, so, yeah, I think Cray... Are, Carl Shorten. Uh, I, I think, you know, as a freak result yesterday, I still think Kingstonian, they've got a very good manager. His name escapes me. Um, but I think, you know, they could still still be up there. So, yeah, it's it's going to be a hard season. It's going to be do you know, a hard do you know what, um Do you know what sometimes I think? Is it next season Cray Stadium's going to be ready? Because I know you were up there with work the other week and, you know, by the, uh, by the the you saw the hoardings around the where they're building a new ground in South London. Because um, I often find it's that new ground sort of motivation. You look what happened to Brentford this season. They were so close to being promoted to the Premier League. You look what happened to Brighton and Hove Albion. When they got a new ground, they just seemed to have that little push. Is that going to be the same with Cray? They're getting a new ground. They're getting a brand new stadium. They're going to actually have a home that they can call theirs for once instead of sharing with Bromley. So is that possibly the reason why they could be up there? Yeah, absolutely. I think that does give you some motivation, doesn't it? You know, they're going to have a stadium that's probably going to be National League ready. So they're probably looking at it as, you know, we've got a new stadium coming. If we can get a promotion up to National League South, then, yeah, they're going to be ready for it and prepared. Like I say, it is literally a building site at the moment. I don't think any any work has started. Um, so, you know, it'd be interesting to see if it is ready for next season. But like I say, I, I, I drove up um, to South London the other day for work. And, yeah, it's got a big sign. Uh, New home of Cray, Windrizer, you know, about the oldest, the oldest team in London, apparently. Oh, interesting. Um, and I think they're sharing it with one of the Wimbledon-based teams. Oh, really? AFC, I think. Yeah, their sign was on the on there as well. Uh, no, AFC Wimbledon are building a new ground, though, aren't they? I think they. I think it's with Cray as well. It was no, on the they're, they're, No, their new stadium's already open. They're, they're, it's, 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 they're it's sharing it's the, QPR. Is it there? Maybe another. It's not Cray one. Uh, Cray PM is it? Cray Paper Mills is it? No, no, no. It's it's uh, definitely a. Uh, 
I can't remember who it was to be honest. We well, have to drive up there again and find out, Pete, won't you? I'm sure you yeah, will well, sometime. I, so. I, did, I did put a photo. I did take a photo, so I'll have, to have a look I'll, in the I'll group to, again. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to resubmit it. But you know, exciting times. You know, everyone's got these new things. I think you know. I, I literally cannot wait to get back to Woodside Road. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going to be able to go. I've got a couple of games coming up. I've got Lewis in the Pie Boys End, or whatever it's called. We've got tickets for <laughs> in the Pie it's End. South South East Dons. Southeast Dons, okay. Southeast Dons, that was it. Yeah, their their badge was on that sign as well. So interesting. Interesting. Southeast Dons and Cray are sharing the new ground. So from what rumours have is we're probably not going to be in Woodside Road till November, so you'll probably get another couple of Rebel Yell podcasts until then. Um, we are looking forward to it. Uh, I mean, I guess just to wrap up, guys, so just enjoy yourselves, but please just remember about the social distancing. We sound like old naggy men here, but I really would hate for anything to happen and, you know, any delay to go back to the ground. And you know, we've all got to take responsibility. You know, it's an exciting time to get back to a competitive game. I mean, Pete and I, both did some pre-season games that we you know the atmosphere is flat in pre-season anyway it's never exciting but you know yeah and and the other thing to remember is one of the way boys uh, sustained an injury yesterday in the celebration so sometimes it'd be better just to stay where you are and cheer and applaud and not risk an injury running down the stand and twisting your knee (laughs) Yeah, a bit, especially when you're self-employed like that one is. He's not. He's not. It's not going to be. He's. I mean, he might be able to use his crutches to use his paintbrush to get reach those high-reaching places or something. He could do so, that. Yeah. So there's a lesson to be learned. <laughs> but again, please do get in touch. We have got our social media pages. We'll be doing Rebel Yell live as often as we can. I mean, Pete's going to try and do his un un. Uh, sort of unrivaled run every single game he can home and away so we'll be there um and if you do want to get involved i'm sure pete would say he'd love to have someone other than me or or sam or gary doing the commentary which you're seeing so if you do fancy getting we have three people that donated to the crowdfunder so please four. do get into four people so you've got four games please do get in touch um to do a commentary with pete um you know it, it's an enjoyable it's great that we managed to raise some extra funds through the crowdfunder for that to be honest i'm a little bit insulted that no one wanted to do the podcast with me and pete but you know hey ho we'll, we'll, we'll let you off for that as long as you listen and share it share the podcast um all I can say now, Pete, is to wrap up. Come on, you Rebels. I think I'm so excited for this season. I really can't wait. Can't wait to get to my first competitive game in the FA Cup on Tuesday. And then uh, we've got Lewis coming up after that. Yeah, yeah. It's Like I say, I'm really excited about the season. I think it's uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting, especially after last season. So, yeah, um, I think Adam's made some shrewd signings. I think there's lots of positivity. We were all a bit anxious last week because there was no announcements of signings or anything else. But the club made them at 20 past three yesterday, 40 minutes before kickoff, <laughs> which was, you know, slightly lastminute.com. But we'll forgive them. Uh, yeah, and, you know, from what we've seen, looks like uh, we've made some shrewd signings. Uh, Adam, Adam, you know, basically is, is a very good manager, tactical genius. Um, and he, he knows what he wants out of the team and you know as long as they listen to him and take his guidance then I think we'll be all set for another challenge 100% 100% well on that on that last little bombshell there from Pete I, th- I do think it's going to be an interesting season we'll see you soon please do tune into the commentary throughout the season share with the podcast if you want to talk to us let us know on the socials at Rebel Yell WFCSA thanks again to MK Windows for supporting us on this podcast uh, it's been a great great to be back to a bit of routine Pete so thank you very much thanks to uh, Hannah thanks to Hinch thanks to Stu and thanks to Ange for joining in the podcast tonight and we look forward to having you back again very soon from myself James and myself Peter 
Good night. Good night. This is the Rebel Yell Podcast. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.